Welcome to We're Totally Not Okay. But that is okay. A podcast about the intersection between mass media culture and mental health. I just cut you off. I love it. <laughs> and I'm Kaylee Legrand. And I'm Tanya Bevan. So whispery in the background, as she usually is, especially when she's dropping deuces. Mad Speaking deuces. of deuces. This is episode deuce of Christian Brune because we had to cut it up because we could not stop talking with this magnificent human. Oh my God. I adore him. I, I absolutely, like from day one, from the moment that I met this human, absolute adoration, just fucking cool human. If any of you out there get the chance to actually just sit and hang with this guy and sip wine, oh, we're doing it again. We're sipping wine, we're sipping mezcal and mulled wine and regular wine. Cool. Uh, Christian, in your honor for episode two as we put this together. Or is it episode poo? Oh, so punny. As is he. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And as are you doing as we begin this episode, uh, Tanya's probably back to shitting somewhere, I think. Uh, I think that's where we cut off. Isn't that where we edited? Yeah, I'm usually pooping. Yeah, it's it's a safe bet. Um, but we're, we're heading back into probably talking about a little bit of poop. Uh, I think we talk about some ghosts and some superstitions and we continue the conversation about what the differences are like between LA and Toronto and what his travel has been like. And, um, I think we are actually starting off with a ghost story and it is a personal favorite because I come from a military family and this intertwines with his military days. Here we go. She's sharing in a room. A room, but not this room. Not this room. That would be weird. Well, I mean, there are orifices. Orifices? Yeah, we all have orifices. I don't want her to shit in our orifices. Is that what you're saying? Or did you mean there's like receptacles around this room? Yes. That's what you... Okay. Big difference! Okay, I just like meta experiences, okay? <laughs> Levels of shit. Right now... We found a theme for life is shit. I don't think that this theme shit ever... Shit happens. Right. All these sayings. <laughs> oh no, you missed a doozy while you were deucing. I missed the shit while I was shitting? Squeak. Squeak it. Squeak it. Squeak it. That's the floor, squeak, 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 not... Squeak it. That's, no, that's her posterior. That's posterior. my shit. That's your shit. <laughs> She brought her shit down with her. She yeah, her we shit. have to stop talking about shit since you left. Yeah, it's well, a good long shit, shit time. Mm-hmm. No, I was mentioning this might have to be a double episode because we're almost we're at one Almost a Holy shit! Right? It's a deuce episode. Look at that projection that you've got going on. Maybe you should just, like, shit more off. I need my actor voice. There you go. There you go. Now we're spiking it. This yeah. is going to be fun for me to edit later. Sorry. <laughs> I won't do it anymore. No, do it. It's the best. I like that we are on shit. I like yeah. that we... I mean, part of me... Oh, am I out? No, I'm not out. Did you pour the rest of my glass? I'm out. Yeah, you're getting married next, not me, sucker. You're getting married? Like what? Apparently that's, like, 
a, a wife's tale. Oh, like like an old. Yeah, I think like it's if a you empty tale. the bottle, it means you're getting married next, and I didn't want. Oh fuck! The then I should have been married years, years ago, many times. <laughs> yeah, but you did that to yourself. Well. But yeah, yeah, you married yourself. yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Time and time again. So oh yeah, married I marry myself every night before I go to sleep. And, uh, so do I. Yeah. Is that squeak what we're it. Squeak it. No. Squeak it. Yeah. I squeak it. Yeah, you squeak it. Speaking of wood and prostate exams. I I don't know how much I believe <laughs> old wives' tales Bless like that. I love them though. I love I those think things. They're, they're so fascinating. There's one in my family that it's one of my favorite uh, interactions that I didn't have with my uh, my bestemor, my grandmother, my Swedish grandmother. Say um, that again. Best. My bestemor. Is that what grandma is? Uh, yeah. So Finnish. I always grew up. No. So my family's Norwegian and Swedish Finn and. Um, mm. So that's like Swedes that have been in Finland for many generations. So Sweet. My, my, fa- Sweet. my father was raised speaking Swedish because he was in a Swedish-speaking town in Finland. Um, so, but I have, the Brun family is in Norway. So um, cool. my bestemor, my grandmother, told my sister, and I, I never heard this, but I remember a few years ago mentioning my sister like, uh, oh, it's a full moon, which it was last night. It, it was. It's yeah. next three days is technically. Yeah. Moon in Taurus. Moon in Taurus. Moon in Taurus. I'm a Scorpio, so. <gasps> oh, so it's your actually oh. it's your moon right now. It's my moon right now. Yeah, I'm a Taurus with a Scorpio rising. I don't know what that means. Cool. We're it just neighbors with witches. Oh, I'm cool with that. I'm fully cool with that. <laughs> We're I'm a proud Scorpio. Yeah. Um, and my, I told my sister like, oh, I never sleep when it's a full moon. I'm, I, I just toss and turn like crazy. And she's like, oh, you know what Bestemore told me? I was like, no. She's like, brune men never sleep with a full moon. And so I guess my grandfather would toss and turn all night. I don't know if yes, my father, when he was younger or whatever, uh, would, was the same way with full moons. And, and I naturally don't sleep with a full moon. So I think we're like Do you, Viking werewolves. You're a Viking? Yeah. Viking. Okay. I think it's cool how connected we are to the moon. Sorry. We're about to get real big, y'all. <laughs> so... I have, I've, I've done a couple of different forms of therapy, but one that I'm super into right now, I don't know how much I invest uh, my belief system into everything that comes out of it, but there are certain things that I really enjoy with, um, it's not necessarily Reiki, it's called body talk therapy. Oh, I know body talk. I, I make body talk all the time. Yes. <laughs> farts. No, it's farts. It's farts. <laughs> farts. I like yeah. to fart. Uh, it, it's interesting. I'm still just trying to understand um, everything that has to go along with it. But essentially, it's, it's, it's about paying attention to what your body is saying to you and then figuring out how to implement different ways that will, I don't know, settle your soul in accordance. And <laughs> you just said it with almost such vengeance. You're like, I don't know, settle your soul. I don't know. I haven't thought about this a lot, but. And my, my, what do you call her? She's not like a Reiki master. Like part of it is Reiki, but part of it, it's not, it's a very specific type of Reiki. holistic. My body talk therapist. Your body talk therapist? Yeah. Yeah. Body break. Body break. I'm going to call her Joanne. Body break. Yeah. (laughs) Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Yeah. So my Joanne McLeod (laughs) tells me that she, she does like this whole soul profile on me to figure out who I was in past lives, not who, but like, um, Oh, I love that like shit. the people that I walked with, the type of person that I was, the clans that I ran with. She apparently walked with Jesus, uh, Jesus and Mary, apparently. Okay. Right? Come on. I wanted Buddha. I was really putting my money in that hat, but she wasn't taken. So, He was um, a prince. Buddha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, he started off as a prince and then he kind of gave oh, it all up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But there have been many forms of Buddha. 
Whoa. Hello, Buddha. Yeah, Buddha. Apparently I am. One of the clans that I ran with. I guess I did One of my clans. Where, where I originated from, apparently my celestial body, where I came from, was the North Star. And I, when I manifested into my first corporeal form, I was... I was basically a nomad. The way that I understood it and, and the consensus of what we came to was I was basically the Chaucer of the Vikings. Whoa. I came from Viking times, but I never really... Well, you were like a bard of some sort? I... Or you wrote stories about it? I wrote st I, I wrote and performed or told or shared um, stories as I traveled. I never belonged to one particular clan. I would go from clan to clan and share stories and pass on uh, just history, just the tales of the time. I'm like, well, that sounds like what I live today. I'm just a gypsy. I'm a traveling nomad. Like, all I do is tell stories. And I found it really fascinating that that was this idea of where I originated from. I'm like, that's, that's my energy. That is always, and apparently I keep coming back into physical manifestations to try to accomplish the same mission or task. I've been reincarnating myself. Yeah, so do you have to do this until you do it right and then you can move on to another or you achieve nirvana or you move on to another that's what i'm trying to figure out because living, that's or? that's kind of what she said she said that, is this podcast your way to do it right oh my god am i finally doing it right but that's you what she's saying i keep coming back maybe you were a really bad fucking poet bard back in the day <laughs> oh my god and this is why you have to keep bad. doing it you're like i am here <laughs> to tell the tale of Rothgar the Red, who <laughs> fought a chicken and ended up dead. And people were like, what? Tell us a mighty tale. Tell us we're drinking meat. Tell us a mighty tale. And I'm like, I have a story of a man fell by a chicken. <laughs> like, this is a shit story. We're going to kill you. And then the next life but you wake in up. But in like 2019, it's a true story. Right. I think I just found my new web series. Uh, <laughs> it's literally just my lives. Yeah. All your lives. Yeah, we'll call it tangents. Tangents. <laughs> Shosterian tangents. I see. I find all this stuff, past lives, fascinating. I don't know if I believe in them or not, but I do love the idea of them, and I want to believe in them. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's what. That's what. Everything superstitious and beyond is all about. It's what you believe and what you feel, what you don't. Yeah, Same with religion. Crazy. That's what faith is. It's yeah. what you feel that's in your heart, the but there's no is. proof. That's what reality 100%. is. Whatever yeah. you believe, like that that's why bias confirmation is a thing. A scientific thing that you know, you, you see what you believe. Whatever you focus on, it's law of attraction. Oh, did you hear that? Is it a ghost? That's, just ignore him. Just ignore him. Fucking Larry. It's a ghost. It's Larry. Larry's Larry ghost? David, would you shut up? Honestly, I would not be surprised if he was locked in the basement somewhere. That basement scares me. I've been watching uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. How is it? So good! Holy yeah. shit. It, really? I'm like, Wait, so that's not the one based on true stories because I started watching that. No. Shit, okay. No, this is, this is a one that just came out this week and okay. it's so fucking good, but it's got me freaked out and I keep watching it. I'm staying in a friend's place and uh, I keep watching it by myself and it's a big echoey place when I'm by myself. <laughs> late at night like I get home from set oh, and it's Lord. like midnight and I'm like well I might as well watch one terrifying episode before I go to bed <laughs> yeah, so the other night great. I watched one that ended on a very terrifying note and then I went to bed and uh, I had a nightmare and I woke up in the middle of the night because in at one point in the story the whole family wakes up at the same time in the middle of the night 
having had a nightmare as an adult. Oh. And so I woke up after having a nightmare in the middle of the night. I was just like, oh, oh God. Don't remember what it was about, but I, I definitely woke up at that moment for some reason. And then at that moment, something fell off the shelf. No, by the no, way. Yeah, no. across across no. the room. No, something no. fell off the shelf. Yes. No. Now, no, 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 no. Let me science explain it. On one side, okay. I had a fan, a very loud fan, because it was a very strong and very loud fan on because it gets super hot. So I had the window open. And it was blowing cold air in from outside um, through the fan. And it's very loud. I, I mostly use it for white noise because I like that to sleep because then mm. you don't hear all the creaks and bits and bops going on. And it's like, that, that'll the... wake me up. But I just like white noise. It helps me sleep. So the fan had been pointing at the bookshelf. And that's probably what blew. It was a very light wood cutout of Dr. Nordberg from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> and, it blew, and it was made out of like balsa wood, like super lightweight. Super, yeah. And and like the base of it was like rock, very like not solid at all. And it fell off the shelf and clattered to the ground. But here's the weird fucked up thing to me is that that fan had been pointing in that direction for hours. And that it was the moment that I woke up from having a nightmare yep. That that thing fell from the shelf and clattered to the ground, and I think I've been watching too much of that haunting on the show. <laughs> Never. But like, I love that shit. I don't know what it is, and I had to science explain it to myself to talk myself out you of had to fear. Rationalize I had to rationalize it and be like, "You fucking idiot! The fan is pointing there. It probably blew over and then just slowly over the course of the night slid over, and then that was just happened to be the moment. Just ironically, at the same time as you woke up from a nightmare." the same time that that happened. But how much more fun would it be if instead of rationalizing, we just let our imaginations pull us into void? It wouldn't be more fun because I need sleep so I can be beautiful on camera. <laughs> but I would much rather believe in the whatever is out there. Do you ever wonder where, it, where your mind will take you? If you allowed your mind because we do not use these brains as much as we should. We use ten percent of the shit. Yeah. Like, well, that's a line from a movie. But Lucy, we do. <laughs> but no. But it is amazing. Like these brains are more powerful than we. Like the fact that our own stress in our heads can give cause cancer in our bodies. Like there is a power. Oh my god. To that is our the only mind. power. That is the only power. That is the only thing that is... Well, there's hydroelectric, is... there's wind, <laughs> solar. There's a bunch of other powers. No, the power of my mind. I manifested all that. Oh, that shit. You're not, even life. you're not even You're real. like, I have a tail of when we will harness the wind. They're like, we have both. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Stop telling the story about what the is it? chicken who killed the Viking warrior. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, love, I, I do love delving into that shit. And I've seen a few things in my day. And, and I mean, it is the spooky time of year when we talk about this shit. Yeah. Oh, Have you had a conversation or like some sort of connection, mm-hmm. communication with another... I don't know what it would be. I mean, I used a Ouija board as a kid, but I think my cousin was pushing the thing around. (laughs) She's feisty like that. But, I mean, I remember saying something to the ghost and then it disappeared. That freaked me out. What did you say? Hey, man, what are you doing? (laughs) Literally. I think it was just like, hey, what are you doing? How old are you? Uh, 13, 14. Nice. Was this? I was at military school. I went to military school for high school. And I was a bugler. Because I was in the regimental band, and I was there on a trumpet scholarship. So I had to get up before the rest of the school and play Reveille to wake up the school. So everybody woke up. Dude, it had to be played at... It was, um, it was actually First Call, not Reveille. Oh, okay. First Call, 
Reveille is when you raise the flag. So that that right. song, that's actually not to wake people up. That's to raise the flag. Okay. To wake people up, you play first call. That's why it's called first call. It goes. They played at the horse races. Yeah. Um, but that's what you play to wake people up at 5:45 in the morning. So I would have to get up Who early. Ew. The military did. So military. I had to get up early. Dad. Too. It was your dad. Oh, that's my dad. Chose. I'm so sorry. God, thanks a lot. I mean, dad. thank you. Gosh, dad. Yeah. Thanks, Mister the Big. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I had to get up early. It was probably about five thirty-five in the morning. I don't remember what time of year it was, but there was always this rumor of a ghost on campus of a cadet who killed himself years and years and years ago. Wow. Um, and at night you could see him marching back and forth on the parade square, which was where our barracks was. And so I had to cross the parade square to get to where, where I had to play first call. And I remember getting up one night, uh, one, well, it was still dark out. It was, it was later in the, late enough in the year that it was, it was pitch black out at that time. I mean, it's fucking 5.30 in the morning. Probably like fucking out. fall then. Yeah. Late fall, spooky time of year. So I get up early, and yes, I'm tired, but, you know, I got dressed into uniform, and it's, you know, cold out as I go outside. And I come out of my barracks, and I see a cadet in uniform in the shade of a tree. And there's kind of lights, night lights, almost like street lamps around the parade square. And he's in the shadow of a tree, but he's right there. He's, you know, he's got his peaked cap on, he's got a school uniform, he's standing there in, in the dark, standing at attention, about to march across the parade square. And facing away from you, f- facing, uh, I, I'm coming off from his right side, so I'm kind of coming from behind him and to the right. So I'm looking to the left as I come out the front walk of, of my barracks. So almost his profile, almost his profile. Okay, uh, and pretty much I finish at his profile, but he's like maybe I don't know from here to that door, so what, like 20 feet, not that far. Yeah, and in the shadow of a tree at night, but there's a light kind of shining through it kind of thing and I can see him. He's, he's 20 feet away in uniform, standing at attention, having just crossed the parade square. What he had to do if you had punishment was just march back and forth on the parade square oh, for wow. hours. And so if you get a lot of hours, you have to work them off and it takes a long time. You do it in your free time after school. You do it on the weekends instead of being able to leave campus. You don't have any leave until you finish. They're called tours. So one tour is one hour of marching back and forth. But you can only do it when, like, you know, between when the fucking school is awake, you know, you can't do it in the middle of the night. You have to go to bed at 10 and you wake up at 5.45. So I found it odd to see this guy standing, you know, in the dark in uniform, having, you know, just marched across, about to march back across. And I was wondering, you know, like, what the fuck he's doing? So I was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I can't remember if he looked at me or what, but he just disappeared. What? In front of my eyes, just went away. That's crazy. Why do you think you saw him? You'd already heard about him, or did you I'd already him? heard about him. Okay, so it was, already... I'd already heard the rumor of like the 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 ghost on on campus, the guy who marches back and forth on the parade square at night. When you were told the story about him, or when you heard about him the first time, how did you feel about him? Yeah, I didn't know what to feel. I don't think I'd seen a ghost at that point. I. Uh, I'd heard, I, I'd heard, my mom's house has some sort of an, uh, presence there that I've heard many times and there's been a few quirky things that have happened there and in that house. It's an old house, like over a hundred years old and uh, I've experienced the odd 
auditory phenomena, let's mm-hmm. say. But, um, and I loved ghost stories and I loved all that occult shit. Love it. Um, but I'd never, like, physically, with my own eyes, or physically, with my own eyes, seen anything. Um, it's funny that you say physically. Because yeah, because it's not necessarily a physical. But that's but where I it? believe. I mean, I don't know. Um, that's where I believe that we, in in, in a I guess a semi correlated or maybe a, a correlated way that we we manifest our own realities, the things that we are seeing. Like this room that we're all seeing. First of all, we all have different perspectives on what this room actually is in its existence, and it's all just refraction or reflection of light that is entering our eyeballs yeah. in different ways and our eyes yeah. are all structured in a different way. Color that's of wine. deep purple. That's why that's oh, just it's wine. I know, right? <laughs> no, but is this is the this same color, color that the you're same seeing. color that you're seeing. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, I'm this might like, be your bright green. Exactly. Or that's what I say all the yeah. time. Guys, is, is that like actually blue? Or is that like no, yeah, that's, that's the reflection the of the screen off of it. Cool, but I if I choose to I believe it's blue then it's blue. Yeah. But yeah, like is my purple your blue and my blue your purple? Like so who knows? Maybe some people like, you know, these these fucking weird. But here's the thing: there's all these reality shows of like ghost hunters and shit like that, and and half the time, well, I would say I, I any of the episodes I've watched, they haven't found anything except for maybe like a like in the background. Like oh, they zoom in on the audio. Probably and just a fucking like, goat in the back. Well, I, yeah. I mean, you never know. I, I was in one of those episodes, and Were you? Story, oh my god. I, I won't watch the shows, but I again like when it comes to horror films, I'll be in them, but I can't watch I them because I my my imagination, my belief, I do not have to suspend my disbelief because I don't have disbelief. I believe in everything, and I played this girl, um, this ghost girl, who. Wait, was it a reality show that you're like playing someone or an actual like? Yeah, it was show? like it was like those or ghost hunter. It was a reenactment okay. of um, like they, they, the the hosts of it, I guess, travel around and find all these different haunted houses in Canada, North America. I can't remember. Like I've repressed this experience too, but mm-hmm. I the, the story was um, in this I guess hundred year old plus house that was still haunted by a father and a daughter that used to live there, and the daughter was like just abused all her life and and tormented and so I played this this daughter ghost that was oh my god but but being there and this is the weird part about our job where you know the actual location or one that was similar to it um no it's the actual location so yeah it's 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 always weird when you like when you play somebody who has supposedly or actually existed if you're playing a real life story it's already already weird enough when you have to do justice to something that is um you know you play something in a grounded way because it's a real story that you're telling but then yeah. when you're aware of somebody who might still be in existence and watch your reenarcation re- re- yeah it's weird it, it's it's a different kind of pressure for our job it's a different kind of awareness of what you're doing with your your energy it's it's strange it's like we do weird things as actors and then to have people watch i'm shooting a horror film right now and like the constant thing that we're saying as we're like looking at each other is like i can't believe we're doing this for a job right now yeah but we're having so much fun with it because it's also a comedy no it's it's like it's like a thriller action horror comedy but it's and it's so much fun to work on but it's like, you know, it's 
it's creepy and weird and fucked up and you're like I, I, I can't say too much because I, I don't want to give anything away because there's some good twists and turns in it but it's just so weird the fucking job we do <laughs> like, right we do a very weird job but I love it I mean it's so especially exciting. when it comes to these interesting stories that are um, specifically geared towards hitting your deepest darkest fears or desires or like mm-hmm. they, they're meant to be triggering they're meant to be weird and fucked up so to and, and, like even to open yourself up to watching them and this is this is why I have a hard time watching them because I'm I'm already I, I'm already very readily available to take on things so if I watch something I am uh, I'm susceptible to whatever you're trying to program into my brain uh, and I believe it and I get scared I'll have a horror film in my like, I won't be able to sleep but when you have when you have to accept it into your being and actually live that character's life or allow some sort of frequency to take over your body, whether it's sadness or or fear or or you're playing a comedy beat, like even just to know what beats to play, it's this weird thing where your body is not an instrument and figuring out those different frequencies of emotions or or arcs of the story that like you're you're recognizing you've played them before uh, and this is another part of the weird job is like paying attention to your real life of like how much do you really analyze the moments where you're sitting and crying um, or just like allowing yourself to experience it just for your own sake your own personal like keeping that holy for yourself yeah or, or versus analyzing it to put into your craft because um, as soon as you start analyzing it, is it even real anymore? Is it organic? Are you are you affecting it in some sort of way? But then when you actually allow those to come back to you and experience it in this quote-unquote organic, real process, uh, I don't know, keeping 10% of your actor brain turned on so that you're not going down that dangerous rabbit hole of letting your mind be overtaken by, you know, I'm not getting chopped up. But you can't. You've got technical aspects of the acting that you have to pay attention to. You're like, yeah. don't step on that wire. Don't, don't look at your heart. Yeah, watch out for the boom mic. But that didn't that stop me on that set. That right. did not. That did not stop me from going to a, a an extremely dangerous place. And we don't have WSIB forms that we can fill out when we are gar- possessed. When we're possessed. Hello. Did it, you it, have a seizure on set though? They, oh. That, did you have a seizure go. on set once? There you go. Well, they, we don't know if it was, but I. Indigestion? <laughs> it might have been, or possibly the um, corset, corset I had to Was wear. Was it on Murdoch Mysteries? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but wow. yeah, I got like this whole call and email and shit, and they're like, can you fill this out? I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. I just thought I was dying. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, but that's important. Well, they do have it, but not for mental things, and they should have it for mental things, and they don't. That's true. We really don't, in general, we don't have a healthcare system that... That allow, oh, first of all, we have a fucking fantastic healthcare system. Fantastic. Yeah. Other places yeah. in the world. My past two years, and, our healthcare system. Yes. Yeah. And I will say, it's funny. I mean, if you want a little, like, tips and tricks for the Canadian healthcare system, if you need something in an emergency, you're going to get it. It's that simple. You might have to travel for it. You might have to go to a city for it. But you will get seen if you have an emergency. Yep. It is up to you as a, as a citizen to make sure you do your year, like sign up for a yearly checkup and get all your tests done. But you're never going to pay a dime for all those tests. And if you need to get an MRI, you're going to wait a while to get it unless Depending it's an emergency. Depending on what it's for, yeah. If it's an emergency, they're going to see you right away. They have mm-hmm. slots for that. Yep. But like, I had like a problem with my knee. I had to get an MRI. That was... 
it was June that year, and then I wasn't seen until October for an MRI, which is a long time to wait. And like you could get it the next day or the same day, and you could pay a lot of money or have your insurance in the U.S. You know, pay for it. But I didn't pay a damn dime for that thing. And also, without even asking, they bumped it up into September if I would take a midnight shift on a Tuesday. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll okay. fucking do that, whatever. So I had to wait a little while for that MRI, but I knew that if someone had an emergency, and I've known people who've needed emergencies, they get seen right away. And this uh -huh. was an old injury that I've had for eight years. And it was like, okay, I'll wait the time. I don't care. It's not an emergency. And I fully realized that. Um, but this healthcare system is very good. I'm very, very thankful for it. Um, and I'm not looking to the time when I lose it for being a full resident in the U.S., but... Um, Don't do it. Well, <laughs> I know. Do it. I know. It's a scary thing. Just I have not figured it out down there yet. I'm still working with, like, travel insurance and stuff I'll like that. I'll come be which the president, and I'll come fix it. Please do this! Please! <laughs> um, but there are some... Aspects like I, I don't think it, people know this, but your general practitioner, your GP, can see you for counseling sessions for one hour counseling sessions. So you can sign up for that. So my doctor is the same doctor who birthed me. She's brilliant. She's wow. very ready to retire because I'm an old lad. But but she's brilliant and she's with it and she's so knowledgeable and she knows the family history. And when I was going through those those dark times over my dad's death, ten years after he passed away, my mother was like, "You need to go get help." I asked my doctor about it, and she's like, well, you know what? We're allowed to do one-hour sessions. I know you usually see me just for, like, you know, a 15-minute visit, but we have it for free in our healthcare system that you can do counseling. It's not therapy. It's not, you know, psychiatry or whatever iatry you want to go through, but it's counseling. We are trained to counsel people um, if you like that. So that's who I saw for free that's part really of our cool. healthcare. Mm -hmm. so, I didn't know that. That's yeah. good to know. So I saw her for one-hour counseling sessions as needed, and um, and she helped me a great deal to move forward and get out of that funk that I was in four months. Wow. And awesome. and also work through what was going on with the the prostate issue as well, like all that because she was my GP, so she wasn't just tackling a mental health issue; she was also tackling a physical issue wow. that was connected to the mental health issue. Because it's so all we connected. Have that. It That's is all connected, so crazy. and we have that within our healthcare system. But I don't think they advertise it because they're busy and they yeah. don't, you know, want to be counselors for one-hour sessions all day. But she was able to do that, and I was very grateful for that. That's Didn't pay really a dime cool. for it yeah. for any of those. Didn't pay a dime for it. So that's great. But in general, we don't have good enough coverage within our healthcare system for. Seeing, you know, first of all, dentistry, but also oh my God, yeah. I was just like, that was in my head, like dentist, teeth and eyes, but also, you know, mental health. And but I think, you know, if we get these conversations out there and moving more, then we're gonna get there. We're gonna demand that. We're gonna want it, and and pressure our, you know, politicians to move in that direction. And we need to get over the S word. Shit. Shit. Or stigma, whichever one. Mm. They're kind of the same thing. Stigmata, yes. Shitmata. <laughs> Shitmata. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's really cool. I didn't know that. So hey, doctor, guess who I'm going next? Yeah. Well, it's nice that like possible, I just had my eyes checked, and and it's still it's not it's not a big chunk of change out of your pocket to go have a full eye exam. Um, no, but if you have coverage through Actra or Equity. 
like through one of the acting unions or something like that, it does cover that. Uh, depending yeah, on the level. Which I do now. Oh yeah. my god, my whole world's about to change. No, save that receipt and then you take it to them, you know, by March or mid March or something like that, and you get that money back. Hmm. Same with massage, same with some therapy. Like that's where extraneous health insurance helps. I'm just not looking forward to reading all the books and rules because I've been shooting so much of my own stuff and now it's like, now I have to learn all the kosher ways of doing it. You do, but Mm. you figure it out. Christian's tapping the shit nose moment. I'm not tapping the shit nose. <laughs> He's making the shit movement on his nose. He's moving from the eyes to the nose. We're talking, talking about, about shit nose. I'm just tapping my nose. <laughs> this is shit. This is, is that shit? I smell shit. shit. That's I'm smelling. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. I smell bullshit. Is that what that means is when it? you tap a nose? You're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I thought it, no, I thought it was like. I knows what you're saying. This is bullshit. Is it? You were saying something, but you were tapping your nose. And that means you didn't mean what you were saying. I didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't. You tapped your nose. I like it's a non-verbal <laughs> Hi, Union. Love you. Miss you. <laughs> I'll read the books. I promise. It's all connected. <laughs> it, is, it is all connected. Segue back to it's all connected. I haven't read the books. I don't know oh my if God. I've them all. I've gone through them many a time. I went through like the student bullshit, but no. Yeah. Hey, Union, thanks for nothing. I'm just too... <laughs> see, that's where I get nervous. I don't get nervous when it's like... Uh, sometimes, I mean, rarely, when I'm on set or auditioning or whatever. I get nervous about... Here's the militant side of me. The regulations. Knowing everything. Knowing everything by the books. Because if I'm going to break the rules, I need to know the rules first. Uh, I'd rather break them Not that I'm going to. Them. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. claim ignorance, but you can but claim ignorance more know. efficiently yeah. if you yeah. know the rules already. But I get nervous, like, not having already done prep work. If I feel unprepared walking onto the field. Nothing feels worse than that. I do have that recurring nightmare that it's five minutes before stepping out on stage as a starring role in some random Shakespeare play, and I haven't memorized my lines, (laughs) and I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm frantically backstage. People are trying to get me ready for the show, but I've also got the script, and I'm like, what's the first scene? Okay, let's try and memorize (laughs) it on the fly, or, like, get the gist. I'll just, like, fucking fake it. And then, like, between scenes, run backstage, and I'll just have to, like, memorize the next scene before I go out while they're changing the set. It's the worst fucking nightmare in the world, and I get that recurring all the time. You Not think all the you time, can but, fake like, Shakespeare? Yeah. I, I'll learn it I wake up. Fly. I wake up before I go out. Like, it's like they say you can't get murdered in a dream because you'll die in your sleep, or I think they said that in Nightmare on Elm Street. But... Anyways. Don't. I used to live on Elm Street. Oh, no! It's a nightmare! Um, But but I never get murdered in my nightmares. I wake up before, or, like, as the zombies are... Have you ever, like, dream dictionary it? Have you ever, like... Nope. Don't want to know what the fuck is going on there. (gasps) Okay. Because usually it's a White noise. Just give me the white noise. Yeah, give me the white noise. Just turn that on and go back to bed. Yeah. But those are the two recurring dreams I have. The nightmare of stepping out on stage, not having... Not prepared, not having memorized the lines. And I wake up before I actually step out on stage because I realize in the process of the panic, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not doing a play right now. Wait, what? This is a nightmare. Wake yourself up. Like, that's what I go through. (laughs) And then I also have a dream about zombies quite often chasing me. Like, I'm on the run chasing zombies. What are the zombies like in your dreams? It's either like the road... Or, like, where it's not a zombie, it's, like, in a post-apocalyptic, like, I'm just on the run from, like, fucking craziness. And there's, like, that one hand, like, this, and that's it. I don't remember that part. Oh, uh, I don't know. Was don't it in the movie? Zombies. I don't know. 
There's probably zombies. That's just... Oh, you mean like the one detached hand? Just like, help me. Oh, God. The Road? Yeah. Have you ever read or seen The Road? No. Cormac McCarthy wrote the book, The Road. It's a quick read. It's bleak as fuck. It is a brilliant book. Um, And then they made a very good movie with Viggo Mortensen and a kid playing his son. Um, Sundance Kid? It's it's Viggo Mortensen and the Sundance Kid. Uh, is the optional title, yeah. And uh, that was a good movie. That was I a like great that. movie. It was a good movie. Uh, but the road was very good, very bleak. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic America where there's ash everywhere. It's mm-hmm. just like the weather's gray and there's ash everywhere, oh. as if there's been some sort of a meltdown or that feels something. Real. It's really fucking bleak, yeah. and it's a depressing read. But it's like a short book, but it's so brilliantly told. Like Cormac McCarthy is. He wrote No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay. um, Ooh, I like that. And The Road, and uh, yes, he just I'm like more wine. he's just <laughs> he's she's also he's so peeing rough. into orifices. Yeah, peeing into orifices. She doesn't get that because she wasn't in the room when we were talking about they you they pooping. Get it, it was poop. And they appreciate it, but it was poop, not pee. Uh, into yeah. our same orifices, same thing, but different. You gotta bring the joke I'm back. Not peeing or pooping at anyone orifices is 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 okay. Orphi. 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 See, when you say orphi, I picture orphi like a porpoise. I, I picture multiply orphi. Orphi black. That's that's the remake. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make it. Cloned orphises. Okay. Yeah. So, so we're doing a web series, <laughs> and it's a satirical And we're gonna get sued. <laughs> so are. And we're gonna get sued. Uh, I just recently did a VR experience. Super into VR these days, especially Ooh, studying. VR. Like, just uh, I'm trying. I do it. I'm working on a project that I think will necessitate rewriting it for a VR experience as opposed to traditional film. Um, so my my friend and I, who this filmmaker and I, went to do a VR experience to then go out and have a conversation about what it was like afterwards, but one of the games that we played was this post-apocalyptic shoot 'em up zombies game. Ooh. And I I actually he took a video of me when I when I was just having like the headset put on and given being handed the controllers and I was already so afraid because he he knows I'm afraid. He actually worked on that project with me that I went that I repressed so much of that experience with um and so he's laughing you at me. You need to find a healthier way to act. <sighs> no, you keep hey. repressing and blacking out all Guys, these experiences. Live fast, die young. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Mental. Die young, live fast, die old. Right. Well, I thought I was gonna die at the same age as Jimmy Dean, and uh, I've been living by the that sausage maker or James Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Dean breakfast maker. sausages. Totally. The uh, yeah, the sausages <laughs> don't live all that long. Right? I did a movie about James Dean. Yeah, I remember life. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's good. Well, if you love Jimmy Dean so much, go fucking see it. Um, look, I've watched his movies. Uh, I have not watched any remakes. I, I haven't even seen. It's not a remake of one of his movies. It's about him. It's no, about no I, sorry, not a remake. But um, I, I don't even think I saw James uh, Franco's film when he played him. Right. Um, I haven't watched any films about him. I've just watched his films. I'll get into that. I think that appreciation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I have I have different. Right now, I'm still on an. I, I'm back into Audrey Hepburn right now. Right. Um, 
I actually just, I have a whole box set of every single movie she's ever made. Oh, wow. Um, but I hadn't seen all of them. Actually, I still have a couple I haven't seen. But I just watched for the first time. I lent it to a buddy of mine, and he was waiting. We promised each other that, that we would not watch Sabrina without one another. So, literally, last week. Um, the remake right? of Julia Ormond, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know support. if I want to, I don't know. <laughs> don't know how I feel about the original, even. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously watching it in this day and age, it, it doesn't sit with... I think I've only seen politics. Breakfast at Tiffany's, and I'm like, oh, Mickey Rooney, racist as fuck. Oh <laughs> the Japanese neighbor, <laughs> holy shit. Well, Scarlett Johansson, like, taking on Ghost in the Shell. And yeah, well, yeah, no comment. That still happens. It still it happens really all the time. It really does. I, but it's funny how I still love that movie. Like, I have seen that movie so more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. But then when I watched Sabrina for the first time, it, it's as if I had so much more of an aversion to all these politically incorrect points of the film right. that with Breakfast at Tiffany's, I excuse time and time again. Right. And I, like, I laugh at the Well, right. this is the question that we have to go through now, and we should go through, and it's, it's part of the process of us coming to terms with the world's especially in our business, the, um, the wrongdoings of the past or, mm. you know, certainly with the Me Too movement and Time's Up. The ignorant aspects. The ignorant aspects of the past and also the blatant, like, wrong aspects of the past because some of them weren't ignorant. We need to figure out what we want to watch from the past. Like, do we watch Kevin Spacey movies? Do we still watch The Usual Suspects, if that's one of your favorite movies? Or Seven? Or, like, any of the films that he did, like, Ellie Confidential. Yeah. Does it take away from the or, work that how many other people put exactly. into those projects? Well, yeah, and then we look at, like, Roseanne, and, yeah. like, you know, hundreds of people lost their job because of one fucking tweet that she did, but then they brought it back as the Connors, and all this shit, and those people got their jobs back, but... Every time one asshole takes out a whole project, nobody thinks of like the hundreds of jobs that get lost yeah. in the process. All these people, and a lot of them will find jobs again, but they had a job and it was taken away from them because of some asshole that did something wrong. Louis C.K., all these things that have gone on. Yeah. So, yeah, where do we. War. Or all the great films that the Weinstein Company did, like Oscar winning films, do we watch them? Do we watch Shakespeare in Love knowing, you know, some of the shit that went on? That also bleeds into the conversation about what the the, the the process of the Oscars or the parading of the Oscars, not even the, like the Oscars itself as an institutionalized entity has changed over the years so it's much. It's like a so presidency that nowadays. The yeah, campaigning that no, takes over. No, you have over, to campaign for it like, for your role. That, I'm oh, writing well, a project about that right now. I didn't now. know that. You have to go to dinner to like all the different delegates of the Oscars. That's you have fucked. to go to dinners if you want to get nominated. For an Oscar, and if you want to win eventually for a certain role, the powers that be, or whatever that is, it's a fucking dangerous term to use because it, it, it it's it's a, it's an odd one. But mm -hmm. your agents or your managers or producers have to like take you around to houses of people who are of, on the voting side of things. Um, for the Oscars, it's and you have to can't, you have to sit there and have dinner with them That's and be like, fucked. "Hey, you know, so honored to have a dinner with you and talk about your role and how hard it was, and so that they nominate you." That's crazy. And then eventually you get voted. It's on not just based on the project anymore. Mm -hmm. It's it, no. it, that is and same with like it's about how likable you are. It's marketing. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not even. It's very bizarre, but I don't know if that was ever awards and things like that of this nature. Um, as fun and glitzy and glamorous as they are, and I've been very lucky to have, have been able to go to a few award ceremonies before. Um, first of all, they're boring as hell when you're in the audience. They're you really at least get you're never getting nominated now. You don't get alcohol. You got to go outside and buy it. Um, what's that? Said you're never getting nominated. No, I won't. I, I won't. And it's okay. I don't get nominated. Because all of the people who make the voting decisions listening listen to, to this. this. <laughs> um, Hi guys. Fuck you. Just kidding. Yeah. No, I, I'm not saying I deserve any awards or a nomination, but but you're fucking uh, great. Well, you fucking do. Thanks. But you deserve it all. I I don't tend to get nominated or win awards. I just I think I'm more of a supporting person who's just there to help boost the story but these things they're marketing they're popularity contests and they're marketing and whoever is the zeitgeist who's whoever is it's it's never usually the person who actually did the best performance of the year for that category in whatever whether it's acting writing whatever it's it's like oh my god everybody watched that show and they've heard of it but i haven't heard that show that's on the list so i'm not going to vote for that i'm not going to bother checking it out i heard of this show, it's fucking great, or whatever. I haven't seen it, but I heard it's great, so I'm gonna vote for that. Yeah. Shit, my vote's due in like an hour, and I got I fucking forgot to watch everything, so I'm just gonna vote, 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 vote of yeah. the things I know. It's all marketing, you know. When in LA, it's billboards everywhere in town. It's kind of one of the exciting things, and also one of the eye rolling things of living in LA. It's like holy shit, I'm in our, you know, holy land for film and TV. And there's billboards for every show everywhere, but then it's like all for your consideration billboards everywhere. It's so exciting and weird and crazy. And Well, I think that people forget about the human error aspect and how the, I had a friend who was, um, so had, had a, I, I don't know what her influence was or her percentage, like what her vote counted for, but she was part of the voting system for the Canadian Screen Awards. And yeah, I remember I've, talking. I've been a jury member on that many times. Yeah, and, and the amount of, footage that you have to watch to be able to make an educated decision mm-hmm. about your voting like it's it's nuts like it's not like first of all you already have your own job your life that now you have to fit this into your schedule to have seen all of this material to to then make a subjective vote some of the material doesn't get watched no the people who are voting are not giving a vote that actually measures up to what the, the audience understands. They know. They're like, mm, I know this person. Well, she likes that one. Well, even if it is, um, I, here's, here's they have, they've say. seen all There's of it. Two... Yeah, if, they've, if they already know that somebody who's in the project, of course, maybe on an unconscious, a subconscious level, they're they're going to be more inclined to vote for something that they adore for somebody yes. who's in it. Having been a jury member and having been a voting member, two different things. Um. It's different in both categories. If you're on the jury for a certain category, you got to watch that material and make a professional decision on what you think is the best in those categories that you're judging. Um, You need to do that. You need to watch that stuff. You need to watch enough of each episode. You might, even if you have like 10 episodes that are an hour long each to watch, you still, I mean, to watch 10 hours, you should watch the whole thing, but at least you should watch to get enough of an idea of whether or not you think one is better than the other. Right. You need to get enough of a, like, give it enough of a chance 
to understand the, the episode of something or the film. So like more than an episode and a half? Well, usually it's a specific episode that okay. they that they give you that for, oh, for okay. like a TV show. If it's a film, you should watch the whole damn thing. If you're a jury yes. member, that's your professional responsibility as a jury member is to make a professionally informed decision and that comes from watching material. You should watch the material. If you're a voting member and you're just kind of clicking through all the categories, that's a shit ton of stuff and nobody has the time to watch all of that stuff. But my the way I look at it as a voting member in the academy is to watch my categories of which I think I'm knowledgeable on. Right. Like I know I'm, I'm knowledgeable about performance categories, I know I'm knowledgeable about writing, uh, having worked with enough scripts and written a few scripts, um, production, um, I also like production design, I like sound, like there's certain categories that I know more about than others. Mm -hmm. And so I'll make sure I watch as much of each category of each submission as possible, but you can't watch everything. There's no time. So are you able to just vote for certain categories then? As yes, a... and, and some you leave blank. Like if you can't make a professional decision, I think it's scarier and more irresponsible to be like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, I didn't have time to watch uh, cinematography, but let's see here, we got blah, 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 blah. Oh, I like this show, I'll just vote for that one. I don't know the other but one. Then right. And not watch any sure, of the material. But then how do they make sure that the sample distribution is proportional in every category? Like, if you only have two people voting for sound design... No, you don't have two people. You have, I like, know, I mean, exactly, a jury but... that... I think I think the way it works is you have a jury that makes up 50% of the vote worth, and then the other 50% of the vote worth is from the Academy members, each putting their own votes oh, on that. Okay. So the jury, as professionals in that field, will be a jury for what they think is the best. Those maybe five individuals will pick what they think is best out of that one category, and then every other voting member of the Academy will put their votes as to what they think is the okay, best. Okay, so they're making sure they have enough people in, in the sample distribution yes. of getting votes. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's how the system works. Um, but at the end of the day, the, you, you don't know with, with the voting members how many are just like, ah, you know what, this is yeah. my friend's show, I love the people who work on it, I'm just going to vote for anything I see well, for this show. Thing. Like, you know, you just don't know. Well, so it's like, you can't really count. is... Yeah, it's we an honor to be nominated, system. it's an honor to win, but at the end of the day, everybody's deserving of the accolade. Maybe we should go back to feudalism. To... <sighs> I mean, systems aren't working, so let's yeah, just let the king well, dictate. I mean, so let's get a monarchy. Like, this was oh wait, we have one. So let's just, let's just tie back and like, feed back so, in. 2012 TIFF, I'm not going to name names, I had this girl was there with, and going back to knowing people, she's this... Director, she's like, you should sleep with him. I'm like, uh, why? She's like, it's all about who you know in this industry. And if you don't know, yeah. if he doesn't know how you feel inside. You should have slept with him. It's fucked. I, where would I be now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, wait, did really, you? No. Oh. I'd be no. sitting on that chair having this podcast. <laughs> 99% of the time. But, like, it's just really fucked up going back to, like, that comment is, it's, about who you know sometimes. And but here's scary. my question. For where we are now with the Me Too and Time's Up movement, maybe it's is changed. that going to change? Or is that this just going to become that. more underground, um, more than it was before, which is scarier. That's kind of scarier. But, but I, I would like to think, and I'm a positive thinking person, I would like to think that things are going to shift more to a more open, I hope so. fair future. The answer is yes and yes. 
<laughs> the stuff that still happens, that shitty stuff that still happens, will go further underground. Will be more yes. discreet. The, but but the the movement is gaining more light. But and the you know what? The victims have more up. power now. Yes. Victims are able to come out into the light and say something. So now some people and they, don't want Because to they have shit. the bravery of the people before them giving them bravery to come out as well. So the stuff that goes deeper, darker underground, you're going to have to like kill that person if you don't want it to come out, which is even scarier if it goes that deep and But dark. that's what I'm but, saying, is that the stuff that is going underground is I'm really not sleeping with anybody then. I'm, I'm a monk. I am going to. So, uh, yeah. Guys, I am a monk! Let's all go <laughs> to an I abbey. I my penis off. Nobody's taking advantage of this. I am asexual. Yeah. Why do you think I'm becoming a yogi? <laughs> Yogis don't have sex? <laughs> you just sprayed your wine out of your glass into your face. It's basically witchcraft. You heard it here first. Yogis don't have sex. Well, this is... <laughs> what you're claiming. This is the complete opposite of the last episode that we did. Do I have wine splashed all over my face? Yeah, sure. All over. You have wine-colored hair, but I think it was like that before. This is how I well, color so my hair. No, I it. It's it's literally wine. like dips nope. in um, wine. Just like, yeah, yeah, it's wine. This is literally the complete opposite uh, of what we were talking about in the last episode. I think I was talking about... I think I literally posted, um, I advertised it as uh, Hump a Yogi Day or something. Hump it was, a Yogi Day. It was the opposite of understanding yoga in a different way. Abstinence, children, is the way to go. Oh, it's spitting wine that, in your face. That is no fun. <laughs> Unless you're mine. Well, you're cutting your dick off. What no, are we advocating? No, no, I'm not. I'm live fast, die hard. Die hard in the penis <laughs> region. Squeak that one. Yeah, squeak yeah. that one. <laughs> it's, um... I, I, I don't think that any system Boom chicka can be... pop your penis. <laughs> oh, I like it. I'm really glad I wasn't hoping the wine up to my face at that point. <laughs> Boom chicka pop your penis. <laughs> it's good. It's like, that's like a I new rap song. I just so hard I Hey, um, Cardi B, we got a new song for you. It's called Boom chicka pop your old penis. <laughs> it's okay. It was a small part. <laughs> Well, no one heard it. I mean, they heard I me. Wish that was, I wish that was on mic. That would have been great. I, you know, next time I'll set up the Sennheiser right next to yeah, just put it your in prostate. my butt. Put it next to my prostate. <laughs> it's a directional mic, so it'll fit. It's, it really, yeah, no, I mean, I Here's don't Here's the thing. If you want to have I real chats, the mic is, I'll but... have real chats, but I'm going to take it into inappropriate areas, so... Um, I, like my butt. inappropriateness my, like my own is butt. our I don't thing. know the boundary is. Right. We don't, don't have a boundary. The name of our right. podcast is We're Totally Not Okay. I will say this. I am learning to have more boundaries in terms of like the goofy, stupid shit that I talk about. Because but why? Because some, some of it's inappropriate and I don't want to be inappropriate. Because very, Elon Musk. Because guys, Elon Musk. No, but I don't want to send out. It's funny. You know, I. Do you watch yes, what you yeah. tweet now? I always, I always have. I don't tweet about political stuff. Um, and is that a choice? That is a choice. Okay. As much as I bite my cheeks until they bleed because I want to say shit, I've written so many tweets and, and re-edited and oh, re-edited and drafted, and then that's how I got that prostate thing. Um, <laughs> and and I've deleted those tweets because I'm like, first of all, who fucking cares what I think about this issue? And B, I'm like, you know what? If it's not my country, I don't think I have a right to say anything about it, especially when I'm in the process of immigrating into that country. And they check all that stuff, and I don't want them reading tweets that are anti-government or anything like that when I'm trying True. to apply for a green card. So that is just a logical thing to do, and that might change if, if, if I feel the need. But for right now, I have bit my tongue so many times because I do want to say stuff, and I do want to put my opinion out there. But at the same time, who gives a fuck what I think? It's like me trying to 
burden my friend with my troubles. I don't want to do that. So, you know, it's that push and pull that I have with social media. But I am an inappropriate person. I love a good poop joke. I love a, lo- a good dick joke. I love a good sex joke. Um, but I also am learning, like, there's a time and place for everything. You don't have to make those at work all the time. Or, like, the most important rule of comedy, because most of what I say, all this bullshit that I say is comedy it's meant to be comedy it's not meant to be serious or creepy or weird or anything well weird is fine but it's comedy but the number one rule of comedy is to know your audience and really make sure you know your audience before you make your fucking jokes because you say the wrong thing to the wrong person and it's all over you the problem with society nowadays but i mean like roseanne tweeted a very racist tweet out and lost her whole show for it. And then she was like, well, I have mental health issues and while I'm a comedian, I'm saying, trying to make a joke. And maybe she was trying to make a joke, but it was a really bad joke. It was a really inappropriate joke. If they were jokes, if they're real, it's even worse. Right. Yeah. But, you know, many people can misconstrue things. So if I make a joke on Twitter that is actually a joke, but someone takes it the wrong way, um, or even, uh, who was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy? He made some, like, off-color rape jokes early on in the Twitter years and they got him fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yet, they're still using a script but they won't let him be director. Which I think is very weird. But, um, But that was because he was very vocal about some things that were going on on the right on Twitter. He was really hammering people on the right. And then some people on the right went through every single fucking tweet he found and found like these out of color, poor taste rape jokes that he made. And Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel is owned by Disney, and Disney, and they made this big Twitter campaign going on the right on the right circles with all these hashtags going around, and then all of a sudden Disney was like, "Well, there's enough of a stink about it, and we're a family company, and we can't have a director making off-color rape jokes back in the day." be a director and they fired him. Do you think there's anything in your history if somebody were to go back through everything that you've posted on the internet? I mean, maybe, but I've been pretty careful. No, I've always been pretty careful. Because I, I tend to be, I, I do say the wrong thing. I put you know my foot in my mouth. Um, I uh, I. I think that's the line that you walk when you live in the world of comedy as well. Because you and are always even in the in public spotlight. In I'm not in a huge spotlight, but in the pub in a public job. Like you are in a job that is a public job. It may not be public in the sense of like government work. I work for the government, but it's you're a representative of something beyond just. You're a public entity. You're a public entity, a public figure. Yeah. So you have to be aware comedy of... comedy specifically, like the, the whole point of comedy is the, the building and the breaking of tension. So that means you are pushing and pulling with lines, yes. those yeah. boundaries, whether they are political yeah. or not. But I'm very aware, I've been, for the last few years, I've been very aware of what I put out there on the internet. Um, I want to put out some stupid shit. I want to say dumb things half the time. Uh, That's why I, poop jokes are really yeah. good. Totally. Jokes are great. Like I sent, I sent pictures of me on the toilet to my friends, like on my group chats. My all ex-boyfriend the time. used to do that on Snapchat. I love that. Now I, I think that's hilarious. Because I don't think I've received. Uh, well, get a ready. Shit. Good. Good. Not you just gave me permission, okay. and it's gonna happen. I'm but so I am so for poop yeah. pictures. I would love to, and there are comedians out there who will take those pictures and put them online and like do something funny with it. 
Um, I've actually, when people, when guys are like, hey, can I send you a dick pic? I'm like, just so you know, I'm going to put it on the interweb. Great. Oh, I know. I I mean, not to support those men, but at least they asked if they Oh, yeah, no, at least, but thank you for asking me, but just so you know, (laughs) it's going to end up on my Twitter account. That's true. I've never heard of a guy asking before he sent Oh, no, I've been very thankful. I've never gotten sent a dick pic without me. I've never said yes to it, but I've never been sent a dick pic. Very proud of it. I think that you're the only one out of us who has received mm-hmm. an un- I just have a friend of a bitch, so nobody wants to send them to well, me. Well, no, I lied. <laughs> one time I sent, like, I posted an Instagram story of Mr. Noodles, and I was like, send nudes, N-O-O-D-S, not, like, nudes. Yeah. N-U-D-E-S. Oh, Anyways, um, someone sent me a picture, and I was like, no, I said noodles, not your fucking scrondon Jovi body. Mm, I don't well, know. Well, it certainly wasn't me because I'm not But I did send that picture to my friend, sucker. Yes. <laughs> Do you know Steph Tolev? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Local comedian. Actually, she, I think she's down in, she might be in LA, but she's from Toronto and goes. she has, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she has a yeah. bit that she does on, um, I think it's mostly on Instagram, but she posts, maybe on other social media platforms, but she posts all of her, I think she actually hashtags it Tinder with Tolev, and mm-hmm. so she's on Tinder. Oh, I save Tinder photos all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the best. I send them to all my friends. I'm like... Of conversations or photos? No, no, photos of people's profiles. Me and my friends used to do the fish, like guys with fish. Oh yeah, tons of fish. For some reason, people with fish. Oh yeah. I did a show in North Bay, Ontario for three months, and I checked out Tinder on there, unsuccessfully, and, <laughs> and the pictures were like, mostly like, either like, cowboy like ladies in cowboy hats at a country festival um a lot of them with fishing a lot of them snowmobiling a lot of them hunting uh ice fishing yeah it was like yeah but like the very big difference between la tinder and north bay tinder but we were looking at tinder and we were laughing for hours we would stay up i think this was about a year ish ago valentine's day this was valentine's day we're sitting on the floor right there oh so like we didn't even make it up to the chairs we had multiple bottles of wine yeah, I was about to say, was there wine in the <laughs> never oh man i have videos actually that i just found on my hard drive of that um and we, <laughs> we were on tinder and or was it tinder or was it like another uh, bumble bumble oh there's so many i don't know anymore um and and, and we were just laughing for probably an hour every time we'd find one with uh, a fish. Any fish that we were like, it was the funniest thing. We didn't understand, yeah. but we're in Toronto. First of all, what are you Nobody fishing fish is in, in Toronto? No the one's fishing. Well, a lot of people have cottages or get away up north. Still, I will allow you ain't it. catching those kind of fish. I wouldn't allow it in thing. L.A., but I will allow it here. Can you not catch oh. fish in L.A.? I mean, yeah, I guess you can. It's <laughs> But Never it's mind. not. Yeah, but, but you know what? LA wouldn't post those photos. That's the thing. Yeah, it's because it's not a cool It's all beachless or yeah, beachless. Like, shirtless beach, beach photos. <laughs> beachless shirt photos. Beachless shirt photos. I'm in a shirt, but I'm not on a beach. That's story of my life. Yeah. We're in beachless shirt photos. Mm-hmm. See, that I would be into. Anything Actually, Kaylee and I did a really hilarious thing on uh, Valentine's Day where we what? swiped right on the same person oh, and tried having nice. the same exact conversation. Oh, you still oh, talked to that person. Brilliant. He called us out. It was great. And so he, he he ended up, like, it was funny in the end, but he, he was a little bit freaked out, I think. But I think that you <laughs> still talked to him. He still contacts Once you. Once in a while, yeah. We're Instagram friends. Oh, yeah. cool. See, I changed my Bumble to a professional profile. <laughs> <laughs> Business contacts. I only. just deleted it. I was like, like, like I said, I'm a yogi, which means I'm abstinent. 
That is not true. That is so untrue. I feel like that is so untrue. Guys, if it's the excuse that I need to get through the night, that's fair. More wine, drink. Give me more wine. More wine, less sex. No, but it's fine. Like I, I've had really interesting. I don't do online. I don't do dating very often. Anyway, I don't do things. Do the online. I don't do it, guys. I just do. I don't do. If I need the dirty and quick, just kidding. Uh, but, but when I used, like, the first time that I ever had Tinder downloaded on my phone was as a joke. And it was actually after an improv show on my troupe. Um, and we were talking about a project that my, my character, some of the research, research that we thought my character should be doing for a project that I was in, um, should be, should be throwing myself into every dating, every possible dating scenario. And they're like, well, you need to, you need Tinder because that's part of your research. And so they downloaded, and this is a bunch of comedians, so they yeah. downloaded Tinder on my phone and fucking ruined my reputation, I'm sure, for all of Toronto. It but was ruined. Some of the conversations were so fucking hilarious. And yeah, that's the stuff that you screenshot and you're like, yeah. this is writing material or postable stuff, like like Tinder with Tola. But I, I ended up, I've only had... I ended up actually dating a guy for a couple of months that I met on there, and it was the weirdest... Well... That's we all right. Know. That's okay. No, no, no. no. She's laughing at my... I don't want to call them issues anymore because I look at them as opportunities for growth. <laughs> okay. Let's just not go away. Switch! Switch! I'm not going to say I'm Julia Roberts and Runaway Bride. But um, you might be. But I, I like to put my running shoes on. And anytime I start to feel a feeling, I'm like, oh, bye. Oh, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. 100%. I do the same thing. Um, I'm getting better. I'm a serial dater, and then it's like, a feeling, I'm out. Right? Like, the moment they text, I'm like, I miss you. Like, oh! (laughs) There, you're protecting. I don't need sex for feelings, but a feeling, feeling, I'm out. Bye, Felicia. The weirdest, but... Total bye, Felicia. And then, so then when we downloaded Bumble, again, like, I was even further away from thinking, like, this is a real, like, I'm about organic connections. I like having conversations. Sure, I'll post it on the internet for all the world to listen. Oh, this is going online? You have no idea what's You're happening right now. The projection that you need to put on is through the microphone and onto the screen. Oh, that's how it works. But we were playing with Bumble, and I ended up... Oh, God, I hope it doesn't listen. I think he knows that I have a podcast. Anyway, I ended up reconnecting with my grade <laughs> six boyfriend. Who, oh, shit. Who we just saw... A couple of days ago, driving by one of our favorite coffee shops. You hear that? Is that the cat food machine? That's the robot mom. I thought it was a ghost. That's the robot mom. He loves that machine better than me because it feeds him at the exact same time that he knows it's coming. Anyway, um, I ended up... It was weird because it it called this ghost from my past into my present. And I completely forgot that I... You dated a ghost in grade six? I dated a ghost (laughs) in grade six. and, And it was... Uh, again, kind of came out of this place of like not thinking anything. Si- like we were joking, we were drunk when we downloaded this app. Same thing happened with Tinder, and all of these these relationships or uh, dates that came out of it, I didn't step into with any idea of thinking that it was going to be serious. It was just fun and whimsical, and you know, let's see what you look like ten years. Twenty? How old am I? How? How long was grade six ago? Who am I? Not ten years ago. Not ten years ago. <laughs> it was more than ten years ago. Than, I, just, I just got my um, Western mail of like, you're ten year reading. I'm like, oh my god, I graduated university ten oh, years ago. I had my ago. 20 year high school reunion last year, so. <laughs> Did you go? Yeah, I went. I went what to military like? school 
20 years later. Was it like? Everybody was fatter. Um, and, and I was like, I, th I think I'm in better shape than I was. No, I'm not. I definitely am not. But no, it was weird. It was like, well, it would like the, the core group of us, it was so good to see everybody else, and the rest of it was kind of depressing. Yeah? Mm. But the core group of us, it was like, do you keep so in touch with yeah. people from you? Okay. Yeah, we chat almost every day on the WhatsApp. Oh, what's you have the WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I didn't, like, I had a very different upbringing from you. I, having had a military father, I did not grow up in the same town. Right. I moved around every three to four years. And every time I moved into a different city and met somebody who was born and raised in the same town, I I did I just didn't get it. And they didn't get how I picked so up and left every three to four years. So punch 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 punch. Punch. Oh, punch. Oh. the gonads. Oh, I, jump punch. I got deep. Junk punch. Yeah, you got deep into the gonads. For that yeah, we're doing junk punches. Junk punch. Junk punch is great. Yeah, you don't want to affect the Actually, face. military Lots school, I got a lot of junk punches. Oh. Do, yeah? I was gonna say, do guys do that to each other? But oh then I yeah, that possibly. That was kind of ball like, taps. Maybe women are also no, no, no. Annoyed. We do ball taps all well, like, the time. Like just with the fingertips. Yeah, fingertips so is the worst. More. Right. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Like what psychologically you break down why you're hitting another man in the testicles. <laughs> power. It's well, power it's dominance. Power. Right. It might be. It might who? actually be. Who's having the psychological breakdown? Is it the person who's flicking? No, it's the person who's flicking. Uh, you just played ball tag. I have played ball tag well into my late 20s. I'm probably still. <laughs> you probably still do. Do you play this game too? No, I do not. Oh, I, I you do. know, we played that in military school. The the the, the circle game. Or Asshole game or whatever you want to no, call it. No, it's like, what is it? It's got to be blow your waist. It has to be blow your waist. You have to be touching. This is actually a yoga, a, mu a mudra. This is okay, a mudra. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then do you get punched? Is it a yoga punch? Is that part it's of it? It's a yoga punch in your Fuck mind. Yogas are dicks. They fucking invented the punch game. <laughs> it's been a little little... abstinent. <laughs> Sad. Well, you should probably drop that part. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna cut that. We did. We did play the <laughs> the punch game, but it was more like just ball tag, like <laughs> trying to hit someone in the balls when they're not looking. And then what it ended up being was like, everybody would stand around each other, kind of doubled over and like, protecting their nuts on PTSD watch. Like, like oh God, uh, don't, don't. And you would grab to, to get something and people would flinch and you're like, oh God. You would have ball tag PTSD, basically. Oh my God. I just pictured a bunch of men in uniform. In uniform, just like covering their balls. Bent over a little General bit. Like, oh. walks up, or a major walks up. Oh God. Like, what are you doing? We're like, huh? Oh, what? Yes, oh, this huh? circle. Yeah. Oh my oh, god, that's wow. hilarious. Oh, the reality. Do you still have ball tag PTSD? Yes, with a couple friends. Certain friends, yeah. With certain friends that I'm around. Don't even go, bro. Yeah, it, it just happens. Someone will initiate it, and then the rest of your time with that person will be ruined. And you'll be looking for an opportunity to get it back. So, it's... I, I'm all for it. It's bonding. I'm still waiting it's for that bonding. opportunity. It's been 15 years. I'm still You've never waiting. been ball tagged? No, unfortunately, my balls don't hang low enough to get tired. Oh, okay. Yeah. We used to get, like, the, the towel whips. Oh, I got those, too. I didn't get towel whips. Oh, okay. No. Then the wee was all of my personality. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I got whipped so bad with a, Whip. a wet towel once at military school, oh. right on the ass, oh. that I had a hook-shaped welt that was, like, half an inch raised off oh of my, my buttock. Oh, my God. Yeah. It fucking killed. Yeah. Holy shit. We see, like, the guys would run into the girls' change room in, this is, uh, I think, Montreal. I don't know, all of my cities bleeding together because I'm a nomad. But they used to run around into, like, it was just har harassment. It's harassment. <laughs> it's, wow. 
was harassment. But and it was the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, boy. I think it was Late 90s. Not and it was accepted harassment. In, yeah, my, in my lifetime, it was just pulling the dense bodysuit strap. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes, that the dance bell. Or gym class when men used to... Men. Boys. We'd be like, uh, have you done the test yet where they ask you to touch your elbows behind your back? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember actually standing tits. there and watching as like, other like, girls what? would... Like, yeah, and they would start to try to... <laughs> and part of me, I'm just like analyzing the level of... Aware- Hello, Hello kitty cat. Hi. Analyzing the level of awareness between, because I, some of them I know, I know they have been through it before, uh, know exactly what the guys are doing, and still do it. See, and that's when I'd be like, <sighs> yeah, and just standing there and watching and trying to figure out, like, you already know what they're doing. Why are you appeasing them? But it still happened. Hi, cat. Hi, cat. The shit oh, that yeah. happened back Dexter. in the day. It's like, just it's not like, accepted these days. It's it, you couldn't do it. And it's I worked a summer job, like a military summer job in the Fort Henry Guard. Um, and, like, we would march all day. We were, like, uh, we manned a fort in Kingston, Ontario. It's like this crazy... That's where I was born. Oh, no way. Yeah, good old CFP Kingston. Oh, so I went to Bates University, there. and in the summers, I would work at Fort Henry in the Guard. And it was, like, this, like, m- civilian military unit where it's, like, a bunch of hungover university students would march around firing off weapons and in historical uniforms but you would be doing a lot of drill and training in as per the manuals of 1867 in the british army and you would be doing all aspects of british army life and then also giving tours or standing sentry or firing off um some of the artillery pieces up on the wall the big what people call cannons or artillery guns um, cannons are on naval ships, artillery pieces, and guns are on land. Thank you um, for this history. Network. History lessons with Chris Brown. Um, and we had this, like, it was the late 90s, early 2000s, and we had all these traditions that would never fly today at all. Um, and we thought it was hilarious. And, and in the boys' locker room, the shit that went on was just like absolutely ridiculous. None of that. You couldn't do any of that today. My God. Oh my God, no. Mm-mm. And and a part of me, as like now, I guess I'm becoming an old timer. I was like, ah oh man, those were the days. You could like fucking do ridiculous shit and get away with it, and it would be hilarious, and we would all have a laugh, and nobody complained, and nobody nobody had a problem with it. We don't know. Some people might have actually been really fucking pissed off about that shit. Some people probably were. And Some people have PTSD. And might have PTSD from the stupid shit that we did, like hazing stuff that, that went on both at military school or at, in Fort Henry. Mm-hmm. You know, the shit that, that at the time was just normal, but in learned behavior from the previous, you know, squad, like the people who trained you. And, you know, but nowadays, if you did that shit, you would be so fired so quickly, you could be sued, people could have need to get. Now, and then my old-timer side is like, ah, fuck, the world is weak because people can't put up with shit anymore and, you know, it's all in good fun and blah, blah, blah. And that's the old guard thinking. And then the new guard is like, well, yeah, you should probably treat people better. And then there's like, where's the go, where's, where's that happy line between all that? Because some of the shit we did was totally fucked up. But at the time, we're young university students and we thought it was really fun jokes and we're all having a good time i'm sure there's people who walked away from that job i know there's people who walked away from military school totally totally fucked up and like 
you know, have problems probably to this day for some of the bullying that they went through or hazing that they went through. Okay, here's a question. Uh, but I didn't walk away with that, but it doesn't mean it was right. You what's know? your True. opinion on, um, not to get into political, current political, I don't know, U.S. justice system kind of conversations, but speaking of retroactively... Um, You're talking about Brett Kavanaugh yes. and stuff he did in high school. So when you take a look at what happened in the past and then try to find justice in the present for it. Here's the thing. Dr. Ford was not looking for justice. No. She was not out there. Well... She was not She was not looking for justice. What she was just saying was, I find it disconcerting that this person is going to be nominated for the Supreme Court making very important decisions for our country. I'm quoting roughly what I interpret as her interpret... Uh, what she's saying for the United States. Right. Not my right. country. Yeah. Um... She said she doesn't. She's not trying to find any gain. She's had death threats over whether or not she should appear. She doesn't really stand to gain anything from this. She's just merely stating you're about to choose someone who's going to be making reproductive rights choices, uh, uh, social rights choices in terms of who you can marry, uh, transgender rights choices, things that are going to come up in, in front of the Supreme Court. You're about to elect someone who I personally, from my experience with that person, uh, don't uh, someone who I don't think is fit for the office, for the job. Somebody who has already exemplified actions and this is that why. sit on the side of injustice. Yes, and this is why. Um, and then a couple other people came forward, and then there was all this kind of talk about this person is not the right person for the job. Right. Now, at the end of the day, the Republicans, I don't think, really cared because for them, the big win was to just get him appointed so that they had a Republican heavy Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. This is just politics. At the end of the day, it's all just politics. It always has been and it always will be. And yeah. it Here's comes the most fucked up part, though. Do you think she did that to make it more of a politics thing? Um, That's just like my... Yeah, I mean, going into I mean, potentially. I don't know what her politics are. Well, there were conversations about that as well. Like, what I'm were the alternative motive behind well, first her? Well, people are like, but... well, people who say politics shouldn't be in the Supreme Court. You can't take politics out of the Supreme Court. You can't. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. You can't take politics out of it. However, I also, I mean, I don't know how I feel about talking about Dexter. I don't know how I. just punch him? I think yeah, so. It sounded like Larry Thump. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about um, analyzing somebody of the past. Yes, it's part of who they are today still, but like how many years ago did this happen? I'm but not excusing what but happened. But here's my argument towards towards that whole situation. In my opinion, Brett Kavanaugh was, should not have been appointed to the Supreme Court because when he came in after that day of testimony where you had Dr. Ford who came in calm and cool and collected even though she was doing something that was terrifying to her. But when he came in, and this was a panel for him to be judged, to be deemed worthy or not to be a nomination for yes. the Supreme Court. He came in accusatory, angry. He was partisan. Well, he was he. What he did, in my opinion, was just prove himself unfit for the office. He exactly. just he did not prove himself a worthy candidate. I I do care whether or not you think he did it, uh, but at the end of the day, even if you didn't think he assaulted those women, or certainly Doctor Ford when he was in high school, mm -hmm. um, 
let's put that aside, sadly, let's put that aside and just look at his, uh, his, his uh, demeanor in, yeah. in that hearing. He proved himself not to be the right choice. And at the end of the day, and Republicans, I think those who were voting for it, knew it, even the ones who were, especially the ones who were on the fence, knew he wasn't. But the important thing was to get him through yeah. and get him into the Supreme Court, yeah. even if it cost you your own Senate seat, even if it cost you your own representative seat in your state, because the bigger win, and the Republicans won, was to get that seat yeah. on the Supreme Court. They won. Yep. I'm sorry to say, like, if you're a Democrat, they won. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what happens in the midterm elections. So the more important stuff is that the Supreme Court is now But it was now two separate conversations. In my, like, unfortunately, it all folded And then under... it goes back to the question of, should someone be punished for what they did in high school? Yeah, and that's a, it's a delicate question. I mean, because we were talking about being back in military school and all those things. is like, these guys might have PTSD from this, but we didn't yeah. know back in the day... And that's going back to the question of, but that was 15, 20 years ago. How can you... And I was still figuring my shit out if I yeah. did something that was fucked up to someone. And, like, is that, is that like, trying to make light right. of a situation or is that being worse about it, you know? It's kind of hard. Like, what is that gray area? Because it's, it's a like, question of, like, right. yeah, that happened 15 years ago, but is it relevant now? Yeah, well, it's it is, like trying but... somebody who is underage for either going... Like, and also the statutes statute of limitation is beyond, like, it's mm -hmm. too long ago that you can actually... Yeah. There, a, there's no proof of anything that happened. Politics not, are leading the reasons they change. Let me just say, change. I believe Dr. Ford. I'm not supporting 100%. Dr. Kavanaugh no, in any course, way. Of course. I'm, I'm not supporting him because I believe her, not him. But... But there's no evidence from that time period. It's too long ago. They were exactly. in high school. They were drinking. There's all these factors that, in the court of law, and everybody involved with the case uh, knows it would never hold up in the court of law. Like, like if Dr. Ford was to sue... And as you mentioned, that wasn't her intention. I don't think it would she hold up. No, she wasn't to, looking for it. No, she was not in she litigation wasn't looking mode. For that at but all. it was enough of a movement to put light on a conversation, a trial, over whether or not he was fit for that seat. And... In my opinion, I didn't rule. I didn't make the ruling, but because he showed such partisanship, he was not fit for the seat. The sad, is, still, the, other, the sad thing is the is the timing. Yeah. So if this had happened earlier in the summer, I'm sure he would not have gotten the nomination, yeah. and they would have found another more suitable and hopefully more level-headed Republican yeah. to fill that seat. Because they're going to fill it with a Republican no matter what. Mm -hmm. He just was not the right one. I just yeah. don't think he was the right one. In my opinion, that's just my private opinion. But they should have, if there was more time between then and the midterm elections, then they would have found someone better. They wouldn't have accepted him. But they were just under the gun. I mean, look at how it happened. They're like, okay, we're going to do a one-week FBI so investigation. They didn't so even talk fast. to him. They didn't talk to Dr. They Ford. They didn't apparently even investigate. They didn't... No, yeah, they didn't they, really do much. They no. didn't do they, a proper investigation. And they, did, and they came back before the allotted week was done. They came back early. And then the vote came through, and then he was rushed rushed in a fucking cavalcade of cars to a private ceremony and sworn in and it happened so fast that it was just like before there could be any blowback we're like we've delayed enough let's just get it in and get it over with and they won yeah at the end of the day the republicans won that one i have to admit the same i had an aftertaste in my mouth when i i, I get the, the pop-up notifications from like Times and CBC and whatever on my phone, the news notifications, and, and I had three pop up that had the exact same 
announcement of him being sworn in and I had the same taste in my mouth that I had when Trump was elected where I knew it was coming and it was just like I felt yeah I knew it was gonna happen I felt I felt like like I was back I remember what where I was sitting when I realized that Trump was gonna be elected and it it was I think like the second debate maybe um I was walking back from Second City I had a show and I stopped this is when I was living on Elm Street, and I stopped uh, on. I, I didn't even make it home. I sat, you know, where University Street has that big water fountain at like yeah. Queen and University, and I was watching the debate. I like rushed out, like gotta go, because I was glued to my phone. Cool that we can watch them now on our social media. I was, I think, watching it on Facebook or something. Headphones in, walking and and watching the debate, and it got to a point where I'm like, holy fuck, he's he's gonna be the next president, and I sat down on that that the ledge around that water fountain and kind of stopped watching and just looked up and started looking at people who were passing me by and like laughing and talking and holding hands. And I had this nonverbal expenditure of communication trying to be like, does anybody else, does anybody else make this realization? And they're like, is anybody else feeling this? And I've just felt so hopeless. I wasn't saying anything to anybody, but I just kept looking at people with such desperate eyes and they're like, you're gonna yeah. build a tent on the side of that road. I hate to say it. Like, yeah. I, I, I felt like everything was slipping out beneath me. I'm, I'm Canadian. I'm not. I'm Here's the thing. We closely tied that, like, in politics. Yeah. But it is starting to happen. I mean, we had Doug Ford taking over. Dude, I was just about to say, like, with all this saying, like, I was gonna say, with Trump being voted in, with Doug Ford being voted in, with fuckbag and all that shit, like, my is that Brett Kavanaugh is fuck back. Yes, he is fuck back. Just, just interpreting. I mean, you're uh, cool. Yeah, the fuck back. But like, but. I just my the thing that came out of my mouth three times in a row is I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But we also have to remember that the political spectrum oh, in everywhere in the world swings left to right to left yep. to right to left to right, and it's we're a in a heavy right swing right now, and it'll it'll even back out or it'll Hopefully swing Hopefully one day it's got to hit both at sides of the wall and it gets to a fucking heavy medium, but well, when's it going to get there? One would hope. Yeah, but I don't think... like Look at human history. I yeah. mean, it's just... This is just the way it goes. It swings back and forth and back and forth. And Not so, at the end of the day, I try to... So here, like, mental health-wise, I found I've become so nihilistic and... Uh, nihilistic in the last couple years especially since I moved to the states and I don't know if that's coinciding with it or if that's because of it or whatever but whenever or it's a coping mechanism whenever I find myself getting really anxious and really concerned about life and about things I find a way to let myself off the hook by saying ah, it doesn't fucking matter and I know that's defeatist but it's not it's all not. I'm saying is in the grand scheme of things the speck of dust that is our life in terms of all the other lives in the world, all the other lives that ever have been and ever will be, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like, it, it's such a speck of dust in the wind that is our lifetime that you should just not dwell on the shit that's happening because humans are shitty and we do mm-hmm. shitty things and we will continue to do that because it's in our nature and that's just we are animals at the end of the day we have all this psychology we have all this uh capacity for reasoning and knowledge and and compassion but we're still fucking animals and the way that nature works we're still reacting with emotion like an animal does we're animals 
How does not, that coincide with your belief of going back to talking about how, how powerful the mind is, your mindset, the, the ability to create your own reality? It's, it's merely, it's not about creating your own reality, it's just accepting your own reality. It's more, for me, it's more realizing, it's finding ways to take the pressure off things for me. Whether it's my job, or an audition that I was fucking terrified about, or that went really shitty that I wish went better, um, or whether it's like, oh my god, I'm not working, what the hell am I doing with my, with my life, or it's, why am I, you know, living in a world that's so fucking crazy, to the point where... For the first time in my life, I, I'm turning 39 very soon. Um, Happy early birthday. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> an hour and 45 minutes away. Oh, what? And, yeah. And, uh, I'm going to be first. I'm going to be first. I, was I did first. not know this. No. And so uh, I don't have any kids, but I'm like, for the first time, I'm like, you know, the last couple, like year and a half, I'm like. I don't think I'm going to have kids. I don't think I want to bring kids into this world. I think we have a hundred years, 200 tops before we're wiped off this planet, whether it's by our own means or by mother nature, just finally being like, fuck you. Here's a virus or here are the natural disasters. Let's rewrite this or, shit. Or it's climate change <laughs> it's climate where we've, where okay. we've raised the temperature too high and everything goes to shit. And we we're all melting we, we the past the point of being able to settle it. Well, we have one degree left to go. One degree Celsius left to go before it's shit storm. Yeah, but with the Half patterns of change, we, we yeah. would have had to have yeah. already made a But lot here's of what I'm saying. We have like 100 years left, maybe 200 years before we die off, in my opinion. Uh, a friend of mine updated that recently, being like, well, actually, sure, that's going to happen, but keep in mind, we have like 30 good years left, maybe, until it turns into... Post Mar- Mar- oh, good, so we're good. Road. We're no, good. but like the next generation, I think of my nieces, I think oh, of I know. my friends' and that's kids, why I don't bring and I'm like, you know what, I don't think I want to bring kids into this world. I think we fucked it. Unless we can find a way to get to Mars or those other myriad of planets that are like light years away, which we might do, uh, that are habitable, if we can find a way to get off this fucking rock and work together and make some changes, I don't think we have a very strong future on this planet. And I know that's uh, defeatist and fatalist, but... Looking at history and looking at current technology mm-hmm. and looking at, at, at our environment and how we're treating it, I think we're going down real fast. And I don't want to bring a kid into the world. And so I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, none of this fucking matters. The stress that I have, um, what's happening in the world, I should just enjoy what we have for now and try and do as much good as I can and yeah. spread kindness and love. And, I, and I, I use that fatalism and that that, uh, that negativity. I don't try to make it negative. I try to make it positive. I try to be why like, not just bring a kid into this world and be like, you need to figure out your own path. You are your fuck own no. yogi. Oh, <laughs> because noise. being a child, you understand, as a parent, you don't want your fucking child to go through that bullshit. Yeah, well, that, and, and also, like, as we look at our parents, we're also like, Thank you for bringing me into this world, but fuck you for doing what you did to the world, and now I have to try and solve it? It's too late. I can't solve this shit. Like, I feel like our generation is angry at the baby boomers for A, holding onto their damn jobs too long, and B, uh, giving us a world that, like, is fucked up. But it's also their parents' fault and everybody else's parents' fault, and it's also our responsibility to stop fucking up our world, and yet we're still not, you know... buying into green energy we're still replacing our cell phones every fucking year or two and like that's waste like we're just wasteful beings and we just want to fucking own shit look at everything that's in this room 
it's all shit. Like, how much do you need any Lennox fucking Medusa? You need any Lennox, or, and you, you know, need a container of twinkly lights. Yeah, like, but how much do you need that shit? And yet, we do it. We buy it. And I like that stuff. And I admit, I fully require, require, I like to have that shit around me. But how much of it does it fucking matter? And we have people living in tents a block away from where you live. Yeah. And you have... You know, people, I've woken up to see people shoot heroin, a couple shooting heroin outside my window at nine in the morning. Someone on my block leaned against a wall and shat down the wall and like left a trail of shit down the wall (laughs) and then a pile of shit on the ground. And I was like walking by it for a week thinking, great, it's going to be there till February when it rains next in Los Angeles. And luckily, someone, someone sprayed it down, but like they were literally like leaning on a wall doing a Roman seat. And just shat down the <laughs> length of the wall, and it was just like dribbled down and landed at a, a pile. And it was there for weeks. Like, watch by it. How did you did you watch the whole? Process? No, but I'm like, I, I can see what it is. I'm not gonna go up and like scratch and sniff. I can see, and like, hmm, I wonder how shit starts at three feet and then rolls down and piles at the bottom. Like, obviously, Clearly like, someone had to shit so bad. he's not eating properly if well, it's fucking dripping down He certainly, wall. I mean, if it's a <laughs> crazy homeless person, like, they're not eating properly, guaranteed. And so when good. it, when that fucking drug-induced dump hits, you gotta take it. <laughs> That's some liquid shit yeah. going and on. And I literally watched four guys smoke crack out of a crack pipe, like, 20 feet from that shit wall. And that was the same night that I walked over that massive Bowie knife in Tent City oh my God. a block away. So it was like energy around that, space. that I was really bummed out that time because I'm like, why the fuck am I living here? What the fuck is going on in this city? Why do people live like this? And I can How only imagine that because I'm not I feel taking like care of these here. people. Yeah. But like, it's gotta be and like you wonder why I have a nihilistic approach to life. It's like I'm seeing shit unravel sometimes literally, literally. In, in front of me. <laughs> Every day as I walk down the street. I don't get that in Toronto. I come home and I'm like, I forgot how clean this place is. But it's I forgot not, how few... Wow. No, it is. It's fucking I'm clean. I'm sure compared Because I've watched people walk down the street in LA. They're like eating a candy bar and they just throw the wrapper on the ground or people like dump coffee's cups out their window all the time in LA. And I'm like, See, fuck you, California. You say you're so green. Like people treat the earth like it's a fucking trash can. I'd expect that more from New York. And, and New York is more of a... Like, no, no, no. I, L.A. is just Really? As bad. I just... And you feel it when you drive into Buffalo, like, cross the border. All of a sudden, it's just kind of dirt. It's no, it's dirtier it's on the exactly. Buffalo side. I oh, think. sorry. You're saying coming from Canada. No, when I come to Canada, I'm just like, oh, God, breath of fresh air. Oh, completely. But I still, like... I mean, living... You've been here, too. But I just... I'm sure if I went... Going to New York, I'm like, oh my god, this place smells like homelessness. And my friends are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't get it. The most common but smell in L.A. is piss. Yeah. And I'm guessing like it's New human York. piss. It doesn't rain that much, so the ground, it's like the bottom human. of your shoes are turned black from walking around. And people wear their shoes all around their apartment in, in, in the States for some reason. They don't take their shoes off. Ew, but like the bottom of like your shoes are black shoes. and like oily. Yeah. And like, but it's everywhere. funny that you say that you see that so much more in LA because that's one of the reasons why I like I was on Elm Street for the longest time. Actually, oh, the longest. Here we go with Elm Street again. Okay, fucking Elm. Elm Street. The ghosts and Freddy Krueger who used to visit me on Elm yeah. Street. It was so much noise being in the middle of the city, and I've lived in every pocket of Toronto. I like I said, I'm still a nomad. I. I have found some sort of a homeostasis in Toronto, but I still have to uproot because that's my nature. I mm-hmm. grew up moving every three to four years. And I 
the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my entire life was the last apartment that I was in. And I spent the past, the last two years that I was there looking for the next place that I was going to live in anyway. But I didn't realize until I actually got out of there that the constant noise that was happening because I lived in the epicenter of Toronto was, was, and the dirtiness and the, like, I was right next to Mount Sinai, right next to the wing where the rehab center was. Mm -hmm. So I also always heard people, um, screaming and shooting up and like the, the people who were also dealing with all these different mental health issues who never stopped projecting to the world yeah. outside my window. Yeah. I never slept. I never had, I never had an off switch mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I got so used to that. And, and so it's kind of interesting to hear that it's so much, uh, more abundant down in LA. And it's in your face. Like you, like I find a lot, and I'm generalizing here, but a lot of homeless people don't get in your face about their situation in Canada, in Toronto. Uh, although see, you I see it, you don't that. see it that much, but you see it way more in LA, and also they get in your face. They're oh. yelling in your face. The amount of like people with mental health issues who are homeless that actually confront you is high. Like it's a I hot, think it's rising here it's angry a city. But I come back here and I'm like. I didn't realize how fucking good we had it. I didn't realize. And yes, we still have a problem with homelessness in the city. We still have injustices um, that we need to take care of. But man alive, it's I had three people in so the past couple of days almost basically run in front of, not, not running in front of my car as if they wanted to be in front of a moving vehicle, but just trying to get my attention to get money, to get something, to get my attention yeah. from a moving vehicle. That was something new for me. I feel like they're stepping it up to try to get more you attention. You mean they like jumped out of a moving vehicle and be like, hey, do you have any change? There was Not one time. Or in I front was of one. In front of my across. car. Oh, uh, like I see. from the sidewalk. Okay, and we're nice. either like hitting my window or just like stopping in front of my car as. Obviously, I'm not going like 80 miles or kilometers an hour. No, you're sticking to the speed limit like a good citizen. Uh, like a good Canadian. It, yeah. it would be like at a. Let's not talk about the tickets I've had in the past month. Yeah, I don't um, talk about that. Let's not talk about. Sh- uh, listen, I was Mario Andretti in another former life. My Reiki master told me. Isn't he still alive? Mario Andretti? Isn't he? Is, Is he, he dead? Is he? Is he? Let's Google that shit. Hey, Google. I don't know, but her. Okay, Google. Is Mario Andretti dead? Is Mario Andretti daddy? Am I two people in one life? Answer me! Oh, here we go. Here are the top search results. The first is from Wikipedia. Fuck! Yeah, let's open that. Yeah. So you could have answered me. Oh, I almost called you Siri. No, he's still alive. Oh my god, I am two people in the same life. That's really cool. I, no, I think it also means that you are not Mario Andretti, so... Yeah, he is still alive and breathing. You're not going to be my lawyer in that courtroom, but I have a right to speed on the road. Um, anyway, was that like a stoplight or something? But somewhere no, slow enough, obviously, where somebody can like come up to my car and hit the window as I'm like... The traffic in Toronto. I'm not gonna excuse my driving. I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna go into that conversation. Honestly, the first time I ever saw my father swear or flip the middle finger was in Toronto. Yeah, and Ooh. then that's how I knew it was okay to swear. And then the fucking sailor came out. But yeah, 
sailor. My mom's from the East Coast, so yeah. It's no joke of a sailor. She's got the mouth of the mouth of a sailor. Mouth of a sailor. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I still remember it. My dad just flipping a bird at someone. I was like, Dad. Oh, my father is such an angry driver. For my birthday one year, um, when he asked me what I wanted, I asked him for the experience of. I just wanted to experience a car ride with him where he didn't verbalize his feelings for another driver on the road. Wow, I only asked for a puppy. I just Ooh, wanted to one. experience a drive with him where he didn't get angry about somebody else on the road. Right. My mother's opposite. Like, she's, she's she does not. So actually, the only time I've ever heard my mother swear. <laughs> Guys, what hour are we at? Oh, it's been so we're going to edit this and go through episodes. <laughs> Okay. Short How many story. episodes? 14 episodes. This is the 14 episode. This is a short whole season. Story. This is the short <laughs> the story season. episode. Season is just right now. Yeah. Um, so the only time I ever heard my mom swear, uh, she's a yogi. Oh, God. So, so she doesn't have sex. I get uh, How are you even born? Yeah, how did she I'm Jesus. Okay? Have we not established I'm oh. Jesus? I thought you were. I tried to use that excuse with my doctor, and she still gave me a pregnancy test. I was like, "Bitch, please." (laughs) Jesus knew the pregnancy. No, because she's like, "Are you pregnant?" I was like, "I would only be pregnant by the fucking goodwill of Jesus if that were the case." And she's like, "Yeah, we'll still get you a pregnancy test." I'm like, "Bitch." You had sex with Jesus? Apparently. Great. Was he good? Apparently, but I'm not pregnant, so. Love, apparently. It was an immaculate ejaculation. An immaculate ejaculation. <laughs> a, 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 Holy ejaculation. It was an immaculate <laughs> Oh, no. But anyway, so I'm not Jesus. I can't tell a story about my mother after that. Okay, no, no, Sorry, go ahead. What did your mother say? <laughs> tell us all about um, her. So, before Jack came into existence, <laughs> my mother... Do you remember the, the August where we had that, that power outage all across... Ontario. Which one? There was a few. Oh god. We're not Fifteen talking years about ago, the, the big blackout. One or the big the, blackout, like yeah. Yeah, like the great blackout that like affected New like York when City. I didn't live everything. in Toronto. I was dating. It Person must have been about 15, yeah, it must yeah, have been so 15, been years, 15 ago. years ago. Yeah, so I was one, yeah. still back in winter. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. My mom and I were driving back from visiting um, my sister oh. at university. Sorry. Yes, little boy in the back who has a hand up. Yeah. Side note, that was opening night of Evil Dead the Musical. Ooh. Because they performed, they were at the uh, uh, the Royal Alex in the Annex. No, With the no Transact or the, either the Transact or the Royal Alex, there was no power. It was opening out of Evil Dead the Musical, the first production Sounds of it ever. Hilarious. And, uh, and Were you in that one? No, too? I was not in that okay. one. My friends were all like Bondo and Ryan Blatt and okay. my old roommate and bandmate Frank Spola and all them were producing it. Um, total little indie production. It was the night of the blackout, and all the power went out, and so they just got a bunch of cars and performed it in the street for the audience to headlights, and it like made that's nas- made national news that's and everything, so cool. and like just that's what really helped kick that production into. It's still around, still playing in hundreds of venues around the world. I did not hear that because that night that's how it started. Swore. You're what? My mother said the F word. So I Yeah, which swear was it? I did not yeah, hear anything else in the say. world. All that resonated with Wait, me was my mom. Wait, this was a burning fire story, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Same oh. thing. Okay. Um, so we kiboshed that story. That's fine because now there's something else on that night that I realized was as big as my mother swearing. 
My that's so cool. So my mom and I were driving back from visiting my sister at U uh, of Ottawa, and we stopped in on the way home off the highway to pick up my boyfriend at the time. Um, we had very little gas before we got there. We were riding on fumes. Before we got there, we stopped up to pick up gas, and everything was backed up. We're like, why is everybody wanting to buy gas right now? Don't understand it. Whatever, let's Pocalypse. go home. Apocalypse was happening. Picked yeah. up my boyfriend. Went back to our place. Realized. Everything was out. All the power was out. My mom, still being of the European descent in like multiple kitchens, I need to make food for everybody. Um, for dinner, we're going to have. I'll I'll do a uh, what's that called fondue. <laughs> you can just you can you you don't need you need the the fire. The candle. Yeah, candle on the needs tin. You need the fire that comes from the cave mountain. You don't need, you need the electricity. You just need um, to melt the cheese. And so. My boyfriend and I were sitting in like the front room of the house, and all we hear is my mother say, "Shit," from the other side, from the kitchen. And I'm like, my mom doesn't normally. Are you okay, mom? She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm don't come in here. It's fine. I'm fine." So we don't. A couple seconds later, she drops the f bomb. Like that's not mom. So go check on her. And we go into the kitchen. She's like, everything's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just don't look at... She had burnt the table. She had used this fondue, this light, like an oil lamp fondue, and went to light it, but thought, you know, as you're putting oil down on this wooden table that my dad built from scratch, um, it's you put napkins it. down to catch the oil. And these three <laughs> napkins, these three perfectly placed napkins... Are you going for another poo? Yeah. Oh my God. Bye, poo. Bye, poo poo. Three episodes, three she's, poos. Well, every time I tell a story that she's heard already, she leaves and Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's very convenient. That is, it is. true. <laughs> the same time that she has to poo. By the way, have you told these stories on every episode of this podcast? Mm, Do no, I, no, I think Tony and I just spent way too much time together. Right. Um, I, I'm sure they've heard some stuff about me acting before. I don't know. Oh, sorry, Mom. I don't know if they've heard this before. You said shit and fuck, Mom. Yeah, Mom. Okay, you're Ugh. still... Those are literally the only two things you've ever done poorly in your life, aside from Latin, that you failed at same years. I failed in Latin. Oh my god, you need to meet both of my parents. I feel like you and my dad would have these military <laughs> escapades to talk about. And, and then, then your mom and I can talk about failure. And, and fuck and, <laughs> and, and shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like, and then you and my mom could fuck and then shit. I am so sorry, mom. Mom, this oh whole episode god. has been about parenting and I'm so sorry. Oh, you were a great wine, mother. You were wine, a great young <laughs> Um. Also three bottles deep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this. yeah. she had put these napkins down to catch the oil. Of course, they caught the oil, and she couldn't light the wick, oh, but something God. was lighting, and it was the napkins. So she burnt this perfect line around the napkins on oh, this table that I added, though. So she, That's worth a shit and a fuck. It's worth both. It's worth all the expletives. Yeah. Unleash of all the expletives. And she, she, she's like, I need... I, I need a drink, I need, I need wine. I'm like, no mom, you need SoCo. So I grabbed a bottle of two six from the, one of the cabinets that my dad had at home, and the three of us played cards and finished. This is why I can't drink Southern Comfort anymore. Yeah, SoCo, that was what you grabbed? Mistakes of the year. I was Youthful 17? mistakes. Yep, yep, yep. And I get it, sweet liquor. My sweet mother was supposed liquor. to go to Camp at Pro the next morning, two days of yoga, of down dog. We were so up, dog? trashed up, dog. by the end of Hello Pooper. 
We were so trash by the end of the night. Poor yep. my poor ex-boyfriend had to take care of basically both of us. Great. Um, she missed her ride in the morning. She had to wait till she sobered up and drive herself. I apparently fell. I was so drunk that like this was like I drink so much and play cards and like get over that you burnt. There's more to the story of the table, but we just. It was like a cry fast night, and I nice. fell into the stove, hit my head in the stove, like basically passed out. My boyfriend had to take care of both of us, and for months afterwards, my mother kept this tablecloth on the table so that no one would know until she figured out how to deal with what had happened under the table because my dad built it, and just like, I don't know how to fix this. Your and dad probably just could have like sanded it and refinished it. Which is exactly what he did eventually. <laughs> but for months, my poor mother who held this and guilt this in guilt. her heart and, and we would have conversations at the table. I remember she put this tablecloth that her mother had got her that she hated that my dad made a comment. We're all at the table. I think my, her mother was actually at that table at that, that time. And my dad made a comment like, you never use this tablecloth. I'm like, yeah, mom, you never use this tablecloth. Why'd you put this on? That's an interesting decision. Hmm? And she's kicking me up. Oh, I'm such, I was the jerk of the family for sure. It's fun to be a shit disturber. Yeah. We are a family of shit disturbers. It's yeah. the best. Oh my God. If you, when you get us all together, it's just laughs and drinks and more laughs. That's Vikings. Vikings. All the Vikings. Vikings. <laughs> we are just Fuck. going to make laughs all night and fight in Valhalla. Um, it's it's so much fun and like yeah, we're just we like to laugh. Like we're a pretty happy family. We like getting into the wine and and uh, and it's just jokes and jokes and jokes and like swear words. That's we've had some very inappropriate Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, we've talked about. You know, like dildos and vibrators at Thanksgiving Amazing. dinner before. There was the one year, oh, this was fun. My mother found a Royal Canadian Navy uh, cookbook and she found a recipe for Navy punch. And she's like, I, I think it would be nice to start Christmas dinner with Navy punch. We'll all have, uh, she has like an old crystal punch bowl with nice. like a million little crystal punch glasses that like we've used once in my. 30, almost 39 years, and uh, getting close, and, uh, wow. <laughs> and we don't have a birthday cake, what the fuck? Where's my fucking birthday cake? Keep talking. Anyways, no, don't look for a cake. We're gonna bake, it's fine. She's gonna go bake a cake right now. Keep so going. my mom's like, okay, well, let's make navy punch for Christmas and we'll have that to start the night. I'm like, oh, great. So I help her make it. She's like, okay, go to the liquor cabinet, get, grab the following things. I'm like, all right. She's like, vodka. Yep. Check. Rum. Yep. Uh, uh, dark Navy rum. Yep. Uh, gin. Yeah. Uh, whiskey. Uh-huh. And it was just basically every type of it's alcohol. Like and cake. then like a little bit of orange juice and like some nutmeg or like some <laughs> weird shit. So it's basically just a whole bunch of booze and a little bit of mix. Jesus juice. And then some champagne. Yeah. Oh. Total Jesus juice. And I'm like... It's like an hangover in a bowl. Yeah. And we're just like... She's like, well, this will be kind of fun. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. So we all, everybody gathers around. We're all dressed up for that Christmas. And we all, like, take a scoop of Navy rum. And we're all like, oh, cheers. A little something out of the Royal Canadian Navy cookbook. And we drink it. And we're like, oh, this is actually fun. This is good. Oh. Down it, down it, down it. Boom. We're like, yeah, that's good. I'm going to have another one. Have another one. 
and it goes down really fast and then like smash cut to like like maybe 15 20 minutes later and we are ham bone we're all just like <laughs> and like Aunt oh Diana and like everybody's just like just slurring every word we are fucking hammered and we haven't even had hors d'oeuvres yet like we just had the punch and then like the, my mom's still trying to fi- finish Christmas dinner and uh, and we were just completely shit canned for the dinner and then just laughing drunkenly around the that's table that's amazing probably that's all the wonderful. food was burnt like we were just laughing having a good time because we just got hand boned at the beginning of it, it was, I like, think it was that's a good such one. a favorite that's state that I like family. seeing yeah. my mother and like I like seeing my mother it's funny how you yeah. go from like 14 to like you can't tell your mom that you're drinking at yeah, parties exactly. to like 18 where you're like fucking wasted with yeah. your parents at Christmas dinner. yeah Totally. Oh, I remember telling my like my, my parents had the dog and it was like if you're ever in a situation we don't want you to drink outside like if you're gonna drink maybe have and my father made wine so like I had alcohol growing up oh yeah but totally. we don't want you to drink under not under our supervision and if you do if you're in a situation where you need to call us to pick you up we'd rather you be safe and call us and so I remember one time calling home and like just. I had no other options, and I called, and I had my dad come pick me up from my buddy's house, who, like, to this day, the house is still known as the Red Barn House. I'm not allowed to go back to the Red Barn House, but my dad came to pick me up, and I tried so hard to act sober and fine, and and I'm, like, just tired, and just, like, obviously a reek of booze, and me in the car, I'm, like, fine, I'm just hugging the door and like mm, and just get home and he, like, my father obviously like t- waited to the next day to have the conversation but even in the moment it's like yeah you're not really acting fine I'm like I'm really good I'm, s- I'm fine and he just memorizing the house yeah. red barn house red, red never barn. going back now shut up that was my sister's graduation from university for me it was McGill it was in Montreal the whole family <laughs> went there and she's Six years older than me, so if you're like 21, so I was like 15 or like 14 for her graduation, and so we go, uh, I must have been 15, so we go to Montreal, it's in the summer, I'm back from military school, and uh, uh, we go and party the night after, so she graduates, I don't even remember the actual ceremony because of what happened the night, (laughs) and we go and we party, and they take us to like the student pub, like we go to whatever the student pub is there, Gertz or something, and get, I'm like way underage, but I'm like just drinking whatever they give me, and they go to the bar and make sure they get, you know, all the drink. It's also Montreal, so it's like fucking yeah, they care. And, and so we're drinking a lot, and it gets to the point where I'm just stealing people's drinks off the tables and <gasps> drinking them and like drinking from pitchers and stuff like that, and then I'm like fucking break dancing, but really shittily, and like, <laughs> dancing on the ground of a student pub like you don't want to go near that ground it's terrible Mm-mm. i'm like trying to do the worm but like terrible like really fucking drunk don't know how i get back to the hotel that night but i wake up the next morning and i remember like being so drunk and we have to drive back to toronto and i remember just like i was just taking a dump and like go and like <laughs> start <laughs> shitting and then i'm like no no other way and then like Getting off the toilet and vomiting into my shit. Ah, and then sitting back down to shit more yeah. and then just finally grabbing a garbage can to like puke and shit at the same time. Sounds like food poisoning. Yeah, and yeah, it must have been something I ate. Totally. And then, and then 
my mom and stepdad just being like, oh my god, you fucking idiot. My dad as well, because he was still alive at that time, just being like, Jesus Christ. And they're just trying to clean me up so that I can take the five, six hour drive back to Toronto, and I'm in no shape to drive. And the whole family's driving together back to Toronto, and it's like, you like, we gotta get Christian to pull his shit together because somebody let him get way too fucking drunk at 15. <laughs> and finally, the only thing that would work was they they took me to my sister's boy, now ex, but boyfriend at the time, uh, his house, and he just gave so me a bunch of boyfriend at the time, but now boyfriend. Oh, no, wait. Ex-boyfriend <laughs> wait, now. Wait, boyfriend wait. at the time. Boyfriend at the time. <laughs> Give me, like, a shit ton of gravel and, or, or Dramamine for you Americans. And I just, like, passed out hard. And then, like, groggily woke up halfway through for the rest stop and got, like, Wendy's and just grease, grease, grease in my face and then, like, passed out again all the way to Toronto. <laughs> All I remember from my sister's graduation is the student pub, the like, worm, vaguely, the worm, drinking people's drinks, uh, shit puking, <laughs> gravel, and Wendy's. That's all I remember. Shuking. Shuking. Yeah. Wow. Good. Everybody loves a good shoop. Shoop baby. Shoop baby. Don't ruin that Actually, my uh, ex-boyfriend. Oh, no, that's a shit poop. A shoop would be a shit poop, shoop. not a shit puke. Uh, I said shook. Yeah, you did. You were right. I was wrong. Shoop I poop. once dated a guy that didn't know the Canadian national anthem, but knew all the words to shoop. Are you surprised by that? No American knows the Canadian national anthem. Americans don't. don't even know American history. We know American history. They don't even history. know that Ottawa is the capital. I did, actually. That's true. Convince someone I had a polar bear as a pet. Oh, so did I. Did you? Yeah, I did the same thing in military school. I'm like, yeah, I have a pet polar bear. And they're like, oh my god. I god. lived in Windsor, Ontario, and went to school in Detroit. And I once had someone be like, so how's the weather in Canada? I'm like, bitch, I oh, live 25 frosty. minutes away. But it's frosty. Oh, yeah. I still live in that oh, fucking shit. Eskimo thing. You need to convince them as soon as you step over that border. It's like a magical transportation system. It's magical. Yeah. So magical. So weird. It's so weird. One step changes everything. Yeah. Which is true. One step beyond. Igloo living. We all live in igloos. Igloos. That was the word you were looking for. Yeah, it was the word I was looking for. Igloos. Igloos. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. I had a question like five hours back. Yeah, this has been like five hours. <laughs> this has been five hours. I know what the question was, but I don't remember what it actually related to. <laughs> What was the question? I think part of the question was, is there more wine? Oh, yeah. No, I just killed a bottle. Oh, there's some there. This Guys, is my, not I've my had strength. a whole bottle to myself. This well, we're only like three, so you better catch up. No, I'm done after this glass. No. That's good. Yeah, finish that and have some of this because no, you haven't tried I'm that good. yet. <laughs> good. Please. Christian's like, fuck all y'all bitches. Please. Okay, well, I remember. Okay, about Wait, Here's... does this podcast go? I like until one of us passes out or vomits in our own. Apparently mouth. so. Apparently until someone so. Shoots on this couch. <laughs> we go until we shook. What's so shook? Really... Hold on, Katie. Oh, I'll show you. <laughs> you want to know what a shook is? Yeah, that's usually how we run it. I guess okay. we're, I don't know how, no it's not. Well, maybe. typically we, we we start off by telling our guests we'd like to try to keep it to about 45 minutes. Are you serious? How long has this been? It's this been, been like three hours. This is almost four hours. hours. This Are we going to have to redo hours. this interview? Should we redo this interview? Look, no, let's start again, guys. You still... <laughs> 
It won't even play on my fucking computer. That's how old my computer is. It won't even play. It's fine. We'll just Don't worry. It I'll we'll do just it. it. I'll do. I'm not doing Cody's episode. That that was a different I story. Did. So I've already told Christian about how we've had a three-hour episode. But it won't even play on my computer. That is the problem with my technology. It. So go to the library. Figure it out. But also, fuck the library. Google it. That conversation was also literally there was so dumb. It was like there was no midget sword fighting with their dicks or something like that. Oh, I haven't even fun. gone to that. Yet. Oh, I know we have that topic's been covered. I mean, we had ball tag. <laughs> we did. We did have ball tag and shit puking. Um, and shooting. We've done a lot of stupid oh. shit in this conversation. Audience, what do you want? Do you want this as one entire episode? Will you actually listen to the whole episode? Wait, you're gonna ask them afterwards? They listen to it and then they have to write back and be like, <laughs> actually, can you split this up? This was too long. Now write in and tell us your thoughts. But I mean, if if you're pulling a Tani and you're driving from Toronto to Windsor, I'll fucking listen to the whole goddamn Mm -hmm. thing. Well, that's the thing. Here's how we made our podcast. It was made for people who I listen. Like, guys, look, the cheese has started (laughs) curling and sweating. The cheese is curled at the edges and sweating. Thank you for pointing out that I'm a great hostess. I put out three different kinds of cheeses and... Holding the plate vertical. It's like art now. That looks like fucking Van Gogh art right now. That was beautiful, expensive cheese. Why are you? I'm holding it up. One piece is dropped. The rest (laughs) stayed on the plate. I'm going to eat the piece that landed on my crotch. That's goat cheddar. Thick cheese. That's crotch cheese, and it is delicious. That crotch cheese is tasty. Yummy. I took a shower today. Mm -hmm. I did. So day. Guys, I feel like we covered like some swords. really philosophical things at one point, and then it just really fell apart at the end. Went to dick cheese. Welcome to our podcast. Okay, good. <laughs> I just want to make sure I honor it, correct? You are honoring you it, it. No, no, more than you wish you have. It. Because I'm gonna have some luck. more of this dick cheese because it's actually pretty dick good. Dick cheese. Sorry, how yeah. did it become dick cheese? Did I miss that? I don't know. I held it upside down and it landed on my dick. <laughs> and Not that my dick is out, but it landed on my crotch. Yeah. Not that my crotch is the out. The area. It was yeah. an area of dick. The areola of my dick. So with all that said, audience, <laughs> oh, how do you feel about me editing this into three episodes? You already did it. If they're this far. Better question, how do you feel about dick cheese? <laughs> oh my god. Also write in about your thoughts regarding dick cheese and the evolution of dick cheese. What is the evolution? Have you ever had, oh, what's it dick called? Cheese. Um, Not dick dick, because dick dick's a different thing. No, we've all had dick dick. What's oh, dick no, dick? Oh, no, no, I don't eat dick dick. I just like pictures of it. Mmm. Oh. I see. Um, no, what, what's Sucks the pudding? The English ass. pudding. The... <laughs> I'm staying out of this one. Um, what's the English pudding? Is that what What is English pudding? I've never Sticky had... Sticky toffee pudding. Sticky toffee? No, it's called dick something. Oh, spotted dick. Spotted, spotted dick. Thank you. Dick. Thank you. Spotted, spotted dick. Spotted dick. Yeah. I must see... The doctor for my spotted dick. Please, sir, can you check my spotted dick? And you just that reminds me of a dessert. I'm going to call that dessert spotted dick. Oh, oh, that's how it tastes yeah, that's how like it vanilla with chunks of chocolate. Yeah. Okay, so five hours ago, I thought about a question. My question, um, which is supposed to come at the end of our episodes, mm-hmm. um, you said something that made me think about our one cool things. And... Or what, what, what? 
Oh, great. So she didn't tell you. Our cool. one so cool thing. Was I supposed to? I don't know. Normally we forewarn our guests that we oh, do this I segment. I think I did that in a dream. Sorry. Cool. So, <laughs> well, you're dreaming about me, so that's That's cool. your fault if you didn't yep. tap into her dream. Yes, I did not. Why we do this one cool thing segment at the end of our episodes um, that we kind of rip off of one of our favorite podcasts, my favorite podcast, uh, Script Notes. Have you ever heard of Script Notes? Uh-uh. You're a writer. You, should, you would love it. Okay. Actually, okay. two LA-based screenwriters... John August and... Do they have screenwriters in LA? Um, these two. Thing? There's two. There are two. Okay, there are two. There are two and they have a podcast. Pretty cool. And they have a segment. At the end of their episodes, they always do one cool thing. We try to do one cool actionable thing. Um, sometimes it's not an actionable thing. Something that either you do for yourself. She doesn't even have any usually. I um, have one today. Yeah, when she was pooping, she took a page from the cat calendar. Yeah. I can see it's going to be real cool. It's also, I think, an old page because I haven't been pulling them off. No, it's from yesterday. So, I don't so don't we're good. It's exactly. from yesterday. And you don't poop. I haven't pooped since yesterday. No obviously. sex, no poop, yogi. It's MewTube. It's adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, we try to do one actionable thing that you can either do for yourself or that you can advocate for others, suggest for others, for your cats to deal with their own stressors, with... Anything that has to deal with your mental capacity, um, and you mentioned something about um, just like dealing with your own shit. I think that was that's been a recurring theme, obviously. But you mentioned something about dealing, just having to deal. I think it was about like white noise or when it came to politics, and I was going to ask about. Um, it was it, it was about the conversation between. The idea of manifesting your reality, having that control, but also um, just accepting your reality. So when it comes to just accepting your reality and having to just go home and be like, cool, well then, if this is the world, I was going to ask, what do you do? Because I was assuming we haven't had the conversation about one cool things yet. We hadn't, the three of us. So, no. cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, we'll give you time to think about one cool things. Because obviously she has a, no, no, a cat cool thing. You have. Oh, one. okay, great. Meow tube. That's it. <laughs> so, so that was a really cool thing from Tom. Oh, oh am I supposed to? Oh, we went into them. Okay, so I was on the shitter. <laughs> I was peeing, not pooping. But if you want to think I was pooping, good on you. Um, <clears throat> entertaining a cat has never been easy, apparently. It's really easy. You just get a fucking laser. Um, anyway, so there's this thing called MewTube, and you can Google it on YouTube. <laughs> and you can find videos for your cats. Your you cats. can YouTube? You can, on YouTube. Can you spell that? So it's M-E-W-Tube. Oh, Mew. Mew. Mew, Mew. Like pew, but Mew. And um, you can go to YouTube and um, search videos for your cat. And you can find videos for your cat while you are not at home. So your cat can watch the videos? Yeah. So if you have a cat that has anxiety slash separation issues, fucking YouTube, bitches. I'm sorry. Are cats also watching too much internet i mean i see so many it's kids at possible. restaurants their parents just give them ipads they're not having the conversations at the tables they're so ingrained in their ipads why are we also giving that to our cats 
so they don't feel so alone at home when we're out for our 12-hour shifts in life. Yeah, life. Hashtag MewTube. 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 <laughs> I literally just saw that on the shitter because I didn't have a one cool thing. So that's my one cool thing. I'm trying to find my one cool thing. Okay. But, I mean, um, you can have whatever you want. It's a fart. Terrible. <laughs> um, Yay, Do fart. you want me to talk about my one cool thing while you look for it? Yeah, while okay. I lounge on a couch scrolling for... While you meow. <laughs> while you build your fart? It's <laughs> getting up there. It's gonna be a rumbler. Yeah. Um, my one cool thing is. An Do article. you? Oh, you have a one cool thing too. Dude, I literally have a folder. Everything is cool to Kaylee, though. I wish things were. I'm cool just fascinated me. by this world that we've created. I wish I was fascinated <laughs> by this world. I'm like, co-created. fuck this shit. Yeah, but yes. also fuck this shit. But we created this shit. So take a look at the shit that I you're fucking. Created. I was just born into just this saying. shit. Sorry, mom. Love you. Anyways, what's your one cool thing article? So this article, um, I found because of one of my part-time jobs, I ended up in an online article. It's ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. And I'll... It's government. <laughs> well, what's cool about this, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, one of my part-time jobs is basically being a college stenographer. I take computerized notes for those who are deaf and hard of hearing. And I came across, I think this was in my nursing for complex situations classes. And um, there's an article that talks about the effects of yoga versus walking on your mood, on mood, anxiety, and brain GABA levels. Um, and it, what was cool about the findings in this was that it actually proved that yoga had a stronger or a higher correlation of um, positive effects on your mood and, and anxiety and GABA levels than just walking. So actually practicing, and I'm obviously the interested in this. Breath. What's that? The practice of breath, breathing. That's what yoga is, yeah. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Huh. Breath is great. Breath, <laughs> really like breath. Breathing is amazing. Breaths are fun. Sorry, that's what I got out of that. Breathing is, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's what I found fascinating about it is that the differences, like the control groups that they use with mm-hmm. people who have um, not experienced the practice of yoga in right. their life, the effects that they have, the actual, not just narrative reports back from them or anecdotal uh science. It's it's testing the brain waves. It's testing their GABA waves and the actual composition of the brain, the neuronal, or I don't know, synaptic transactions that show, I'm not a scientist, my sister is. I'll call him or call her. I'll call him. Call her and tell him to post it on a graph to show the differences between it. But apparently the way that your brain actually reflects differences when you practice yoga you have a, a reflective representation of that graph that shows that you are, you have higher levels of whatever the, the chemical reactions are for, for having less depression in your life. Endorphins? Um, I don't think it was endorphins that they were talking about. I think but no, I, I, I have to go back and read it again. I'm going to post it so other people can read it. I definitely agree with that because, I mean, I am an avid walker. I walk everywhere like I walked here it took me an hour and a half 
Um, but I find just taking one yoga class to opposed to just walking to my place of work is a completely different type of mindset. And it's very fascinating. Yeah. I feel the same way. It was just really cool to read about it in an article. Mm-hmm. So it's mood scores, anxiety scores, and thalamic, thalamic, GABA levels. Those are the, the different That's really variables cool. that they were testing in the, the control group that was just doing walking and then the other group of uh, yoga experience. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it just goes to show. My one thing is pretty basic. That's okay. It's allowed really to be. Basic. My okay. last one cool thing was bubble baths, I think. That's great. Yeah. Those are great. Bubble baths are great. Stop spilling wine on yourself. You're going to need a bubble bath soon. (laughs) Um, My one thing is, okay, so I ran into a friend in August. I was back home for a brief period for a reunion and a wedding. And I ran into a friend uh, who looked really happy. And she looked super serene and just, she just had a different vibe about her. And I was like, what? And we had coffee and I was like, what is going on? What is... You are so happy and so, it's just, you're different in a good way. Like, you know, not that you were sad before, but there's, you just, you, you radiate positivity. And she said, one of the big things that she started doing was writing a a gratitude journal or a grateful Mm. journal. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So that's my one thing. I started doing it. She sent me a picture. That's what I was looking for. Uh, A picture of what her, she, she was like, I just bought a basic ass fucking indigo or chapters like gratitude journal that gives you what you, you know, fill, fill in the blanks basically right. every day. You do it every day. You do it first thing in the morning and at night. And I started doing it just, she sent me the picture of the blank pages and I just started in a moleskin doing it basically. And I don't do it every day, but I do it when I need it or when I find myself being just a little bit negative or a little bit, um, uh, just a little bit ornery or you know word. thank you all. 10 points um uh, and that's the thing with self-help with self-care you do it as you need it it's like you do the work when you need Self-care. it you don't have to do it all the time and some people like the discipline and the constancy of things but i find for me for my personality it's like when i'm going through a little bit of a downward spiral it's like okay let's Let's do what you got to do and let's get you out of it and because yeah. we have the power to do that. So I don't do it all the time, but I do. St- I, I started doing a gratitude journal and I realized I'm a pretty grateful person and I'm pretty grateful for all the shit in my life. And um, thank you to this gratitude journal for showing me how it's done. So this is how it's done. Every day, first thing in the morning, you write uh, three things that you're grateful for. So I am grateful for dot, dot, dot. One, two, three, list them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would make today great? One, two, three, list them. And daily affirmation, I am dot, dot, dot. Whatever you want to say to give yourself a little pep, pep talk. So it's pretty easy. You can do it over coffee in the morning. That's when I do it. I am grateful for, and then I list three things. What would make today great? List three things that would make the future day great. And daily affirmation, I am. And I usually write an affirmation that will benefit what the goal is for the day or one of the three things or all three things or if right. I have an audition or a big meeting or something important um, I'll just say a little I'll write a little affirmation to remind myself that 
I am blah, 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 whatever it is to help support that. It just kind of puts you in the right frame, frame of mind at the beginning of the day. Yeah. Did you get the actual journal, or do you still do No, I, I might look for one, but I still do the moleskin. 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 That's cool. Ball skin. Ball I do a ball skin, skin journal. Oh, shit. How did you know how I remembered yep. that? Yep, how there you go. did you know? I knew it. I just knew it. And then at night, awesome. you write three amazing things that happened today. One, two, three. And how could I have made today even better? Um, and so, once again, three amazing things that happened today. One, two, three. List them out. Uh, how could I have made today even better? And um, I really like that one because because I know that when I do it in the morning, that later on in the day before I go to bed, I'm going to be filling in the gratitude journal, just capping out the whole day. So throughout the day, I'm thinking of those moments where I'm like, oh my God, that was so cool. It could be something simple, like someone... You know, someone did something nice for me today, or someone bought me a coffee, or someone, whatever. Whatever, it can be simple, it can be big, it can be, it doesn't matter. It's just something that you're grateful for. But I find myself throughout the day, I have these goals of like three things that I'd like to get accomplished today that would make it really good. Um, you're already in the mindset of things you're grateful for, and things that you're aiming to do that you'll be happy that you did later on. And that could even be your three things later on in the day. Or you're in the mindset of just being attention, like attentive to your surroundings mm -hmm. and being aware of the good things that happen to you because you're like, oh, fuck, I got to like remember that because that's a good one for the journal later. And what it does is it keeps you in the idea of positivity throughout the day, of collecting positive memories throughout the day. That's so you're cool. looking for them and you're hoping for them and you're bringing them into your life. But then it also... Make sure that you realize those good things that happened in your life throughout the day. So you're like, oh shit, that was really cool. I'm glad that happened. I would have probably just glanced over that on a regular day. But because I'm looking for it, I'm like, oh yeah. Sometimes these little things really add up and like do something good for you. And then you get excited to add that to your list at the mm -hmm. end of the day. So then you're carrying that good memory for the rest of the day until you get back to your journal. And, like, it's not taking up a huge amount of your brain space, but... But it's still there. It's still there. So you're on the hunt for, like, oh, what's going to be the fun thing that I'm going to be grateful for at the end of the day? And then when you find one of those things, you're like, ooh, I'm going to carry that the rest of the day. And it kind of just keeps positivity at the front of your head. That's right. And then at the end of the day, you're like, great, these awesome things happened. They were really fun. And it just kind of keeps you in a positive light the whole day. And then at the end of the day, you're like, but I still have room for improvement. And, you know, I didn't quite get everything on my list done or, you know what, it would have been even better if I got a workout in or whatever it is. And you just like kind of fill that in so that there's always room to grow because we're growing, changing, learning beings. But you're also still just sitting in a whole day of positivity. So those gratitude journals are kind of cool. I know I, I just, you know, I'm, I just didn't know about them. And I found as I started doing it, I was just instantly in a kind of renewed energy and a little bit happier and just a little bit more grateful for what I've got in my life. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's because it kind of changes your brain to think about the things you are grateful for yeah. as... because we can do that. We're so trained to think about all the negative shit in our lives. Yes. Yeah. To be able we to train be those synapses in our brain. Yeah. To yeah, it's automatically go to negative. Yeah. It's like a, you're carrying a constant awareness that, that has an ingrained bias confirmation geared towards the positivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you train your brain to constantly have that. If you yeah. have that awareness of, cool, we have this psychology, we know that this is an applicable tool 
to implement into our practice, our cranium practice, mindfulness practice, yeah, whatever that yeah. is, and you retrain your brain to constantly look for those things. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And then the law of attraction brings them to you. It's, it's very simple and it's very effective. I really like that. And I was very surprised at how quickly it worked and how effective it was and how easy it was. It's like if you want to improve your life and maybe be a little bit more positive and a little bit more grateful and realize that, yeah, things aren't all that bad, write a gratitude journal. Really? It, it makes a big difference. And uh, it's like a really nice personal thing that you do for yourself. It's a check-in that you do for yourself and you listen to yourself and you pay attention to what really makes you tick. And that's a really important piece of self-care that we don't normally do. It's so, huge. Like, and it can be stupid. It doesn't have to be basic. like, yeah. And, and I don't think that that has, I think that's a very positive thing and it should be a basic thing, but it's, it's not really like there aren't, I think it's, it's coming into more of a, the forefront of the zeitgeist, or at least in, in sure. our, in, in North America, people are more aware of it. Yeah. You can go to Indigo and get a, a mindfulness journal now or gratefulness yeah. journal, but it's still not, it's not basic. No, it, it actually has a deep psychological does. impact, Yeah, but it's on the surface a basic thing, but it can, it's, it's almost like subconsciously it, it just retrains those synapses to to fire towards positivity as a Yeah, as rationally speaking, it is something that you could construct as a basic practice in your everyday experience, but w without even understanding the psychological effects that it actually implements into your life. Mm -hmm. And we're still, it's such a young, the social sciences and the, uh, I guess, holistic sciences, um, even psychology, it's such, they're, they're such young sciences. Mm -hmm. Science. Or they're young in the terms of the their public knowledge. Like Eastern medicine has been around longer than Western medicine, and a lot mm -hmm. of these esoteric, holistic right. medic medicinal practices have been around for a really long time. Yeah. But they're only really coming well, to light publicly, what, like, like on a grander scale now. Psychology is a very Western right. philosophy. Um, a Western science field, I yeah. guess you could say. So that, I, I think that psychology, I mean, and they're divergent psychology and um, different sorts of Eastern medicines, but, but it's funny to see the constant pulling in from uh, one to the other, the correlations that are being drawn today and finding in holistic practices the different ways that they can meld into one another. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still a very young appreciation, I think, from yeah. the, the human. But I think a lot of people who are worried about pharmaceuticals and... Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. Right. Like, going a holistic way is appealing. Or finding a way that you can use your mental power to, you know, cure or help cure certain things. Well, going back to how your mental power can yeah. deteriorate your body, your yeah. mental power can help make your body even better. Yeah. Totally. I just think as a society, we're so used to the negatives in our lives that we don't take a moment to see the pos positives yeah. and to breathe in these amazing things that life has to offer us, but we're so used to the negatives in our lives. Yeah. Well, I think we're also at a point where um, we're now trying to find the balance between how we conduct and 
fold into one another. The conversations of this gratitude that we have for everything in our life, but then also acknowledging the idea of depression or anxiety or like we, like going back to what you were talking about how you post things when you're honest on Instagram about having a, a day where you're just feeling depressed versus posting something about that that, that you're grateful over mm-hmm. um, both of them I think have a space in current conversations and it's politically delicate the way that we maneuver ourselves through those waters it be, because it's such a fragile place I mean um, we obviously take it very seriously and it's not like we talk about fart jokes or poo jokes like we don't it, this is we a never, this is a very never, delicate conversation never. it's all deep it is, it is but like that's the thing the puns and the fart poo jokes can be pretty deep yeah, it's part of our anatomy. It's and part it's of our like, anatomy. Is that what you just said, or did I just hear? Bram, bram, I'm a fartist. So I'm such a fart. I make fart. Um, yeah, that's why when you get up on stage as a comedian, the first thing, no matter where you are, if you're trying to read your audience, the easiest way in is puns, fart jokes, poo jokes. Everybody gets it. It's part of it's part of an anatomy. It's also a very safe place. Everybody fucking shits. Except the queen does not shit. Shit has no class. <laughs> Except for <laughs> Kim Jong-un, who apparently does not shit. That is actually what the Shut North up, Koreans seriously? believe, that he does not shit. God. Everybody shit. shits. How do you get that toxic stuff out of your Immaculate shitception. How do you spit shit? It just phases out of him. Instead of inception, it's, it's shitception. Shit-ception. Shitception phases out of Immaculate your body. Immaculate shitception. Yeah. He just burps it out. He's like, that's your title. Oh. Shit out of my mouth. All right. Don't shit out of your mouth. Well, dear audience, we're gonna end on shitting out of your mouth. Hashtag shit out of your mouth. Simply for the reason that now I need to pee. Maybe shit. I need to pee too. Kaylee has to shit. There. There's one. Let's hold in each other's house. swords and we're all gonna go pee. Um, oh I've already <laughs> won four times, so I'm good. We're gonna end on shitting and pissing. No, there's gotta be something. Yeah, okay, that's appropriate. <laughs> Bye! Thanks for having me. Bye! <laughs> and we're totally not okay. It's fucking okay. SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or review, which sincerely helps us and we absolutely love. Come hang out with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and send us your questions, recommendations, and cool things at we're totally not okay at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to We're Totally Not Okay. But that's okay.